What's up, y'all? Welcome to Two Brothers and a Shot of Milk. Two Brothers. Chris is on vacation with his family, so we are here to hold it down. I'm Lawrence St. Victor. We got Jack Walker. Peace. We got Richard Wilson. We're talking superheroes, movies, TV, video games, anime, action figures, and more. Today, we're talking about that Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning yeah. Part 1. But before that, how was your week? What are you watching? What are you reading? What are you playing? What's going on? I can't believe the week has already passed. And, uh-huh. and uh, still in Texas, so I spend most of my time just at the hospital and renovating my posh room, which I am in now. Uh, that's basically been my week. I did see Mission Impossible, so I'm ready to talk about it. Other than that, I haven't seen a damn thing. Read a damn thing, played a damn thing. Me even made a damn phone call. Fair enough. Right. Fair enough. I'll go next, Rich. I'll go next. I feel like you probably got into some stuff this week. I didn't do nothing this week much either. I did. Uh, I watched Last Kingdom, the movie, because uh, my wife and I watched the whole series that Netflix uh, kind of like, you know, the, the, the Saxons, the, the Christian Saxons versus the Vikings and how that all came to be in England. But it's pretty action-packed series. It's, it's less historical. It's more historical fiction. But it is based around real people. And we watched the series over the pandemic until now. They had a movie that kind of wraps up this series. So that was fun. Finished The Witcher. I ain't into this thing. I'm just not into The Witcher. I don't think I like it. And I, re- and I remember, I don't like most seasons of The Witcher, except for when Henry Cavill gets busy with a sword. But yeah. all the other stuff that happens between that, I'm just like, I don't care as much. Um, watch more Superman. My adventure with Superman. It's so delightful. So charming. I love it. it. Shut up, Rich! Okay. <laughs> Caught up on uh, Hell's Paradise. Nice. Which was sick. I got mad when I thought that it was the 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 season finale. I'm like, this is it, but nah, no, there's no. more. There's, there's more. more. I I think there's a new one that I have to watch. Um, and I'm caught up on Secret Invasion, and this episode, not that bad. <laughs> he said, not that bad. Not that bad. <laughs> Spoiler alert. So pretty much, you find out that Rhodey is a scroll. And we all knew that from the beginning. Hey, Matt, we knew that from the beginning, yeah. Because he's the only character of consequence where it would matter well, on this series. And, and why would he be? Why would he not be siding with uh, Fury in the first place? Right. Um, and it's not the story that makes this episode good. There's just opportunities where the actors eat. There's scenes with Nick Fury and his wife that is just really dope. Harry's so, got a wife. Yeah, yeah. Since when? But she's a but she's a scroll, and she's tasked to kill him. And spoiler alert: they're both sitting at the table. They both got their guns on the table because it's like I know who you are. I know what you're going to do. But you can tell they did they do love each other. And they both hear you hear a gunshot from another room, and you come back in the room, and they both missed on purpose. It's actually a really dope. Like out of context, that scene is fire. <laughs> that scene is fire out of context. Spoiling the hell out of people. Man, I don't you ain't gonna watch it, Jack. And Rich you know Rich gave up on it. <laughs> Speaking of Rich, how was your week? Wait, wait, I got one more thing, Jack. Oh, here he goes. Let's hear it. Amazon Prime had Amazon Prime Day. That's right. So I bought this bad boy for eight bucks. 
Hey. I got this Lex um, uh, DC Multiverse McFarlane Lex Luthor figure. Because how can you have a McFarlane Superman collection and not have a Lex Luthor for him to punch? That's what Eight I'm saying. Dollars, man. Yeah. $8. Okay. Free shipping, Rich. Free shipping. $8. Hmm. $8. Come Free on, shipping. Baby. Come on. Rich, how was your week? Uh, my week was all right. Uh, am I echoing? No. No, oh, you're rich. People. Anyway. You're rich. So, yeah, my week was all right. Uh, just chilling. Um, didn't do much of anything. What did I watch? You know my memory's going bad when I forget the things that I watch. Man. <laughs> Hell's Paradise, of course, naturally. Yes. I got back into that Harry Potter... Um, Harry Potter... The game? No, 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 no. That, that, that anime that I told you about? It was like Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. With uh, One Punch Man. I got Wait, back into that, that. With the Harry Potter? Isn't yeah, Mash. Hell's Mash Paradise? Huh? Isn't no, it Hell's Paradise? Paradise? Oh, like a paradise, national magic and muscles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It uh, it's interesting, man. It's pretty. I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it a little bit. My man is literally just out here just doing um, just doing things with pure muscle. That's it, and people can't explain it. <laughs> uh, started wa- started watching Kabinari of the Iron Fortress. I don't know. Y'all don't remember that one? It was on Netflix. It's on Crunchyroll now. You get the series, but there's a movie. There's a movie on Netflix right now. But um, that's pretty dope. It's like zombies. Actually, it's, it's oh. like zombies. But it, oh, would, but they're more realize. they're more aggressive, and their heart like develops a cage around it, and they're hard to kill. Oh. Until this one, I think he's like an engineer kind of kind of dude. He develops a a weapon to to uh penetrate the the armor around the heart. But he also turns into half Kabani. Ka- Ka- That's what they're called. They're called Kabanis. And the Kabanaris are the, the half-breeds that have humans, have Kabanis. Ka- That's so, interesting. Yeah. It, 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 this was out like 2000, I want to say. Hmm. 2020, excuse me. I think that's when it came out. But um, it's dope. I'm running, running through that series right now on Crunchyroll. And uh, I think there's like two movies that I want to watch. But uh, it's a good. I think it's maybe like maybe two seasons. So y'all can jump into that if you haven't watched it already. But it's also we know we haven't watched it already. Yeah. Anyway, I came across (laughs) Peter Grill, uh, and the Philosopher's Time, and it's pretty wild. You watch weird stuff, stuff I've never heard of. It is. It is very. I want to say tongue-in-cheek, maybe? But it gets very... Well, the language of it gets graphic. I mean, they got they got some moments where, it's, you know, you got the low-cut shirts and half-naked women, blah, 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 and monsters. But pretty much, it starts off, you got a dude who... They're in the middle of a competition. He becomes like... He wins the competition, right? It's a fighting competition based in, like, a medieval kind of... Um, Medieval with ogres and trolls and all that stuff type of type of scenario, fantasy world. So he ends up winning the tournament, and now every girl wants to have have his kid, especially like ogres and you know dwarves and stuff like that. They want to have his kid so they can have their strongest warrior, because now his seed is valuable. He's Does strong. he comply, Rich? Huh? Does he give him? 
Listen, he was fighting him off at first. At first. At first. Naturally. And because he had his he has he has his mind and his heart set on his one girl that's part of a guild, but these two ogre sisters are are harassing him hardcore, and he threw him out the room. But then everyone comes out because they're making mad noise, and they were like, "Oh, what kind of what kind of scallion, you know, ruffian would do something like that?" And then he like he brought them back in, you know. And then of course they were half naked, and he broke down, and he was like, "Yo, I did it." He's being kind, really. He, I mean, he was embarrassed about it. He didn't want it, but he did it. He didn't want to. He didn't want to. Mm-hmm. He did it. Mm-hmm. And he was very just like you know, I can't. I hate it when that happens. It. It was, very post nut clarity of it. I was like, huh. Is that an official term? <laughs> that's, that's, that's you never heard of it? I've been married for a long time. I don't I don't get that anymore. Man. <laughs> that was anime alley with Richard. No, Wilson. we haven't even what got the, anime no, alley. We haven't. That's just we haven't. this week. <laughs> that's oh, just this is just week. my week, man. That's weird stuff, Rich. I do, I do, I do. Um what else? What else? What else? What else? Netflix, uh, what was the um bird's eye? Bird Box, excuse me, Bird Box, the uh, Barcelona. Sequel. Is yeah, it out yeah. yet? It's out. I don't think it's. I don't think it's that. Is that? I watched it. I watched it over the weekend. Oh. Um. Well, I watched it yesterday. I should say it's. Um. It's not. A, it's not a sequel. It just takes. It's just a, another point of view from from Barcelona. So it takes place from at Spain. the same exact time time period. Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. across the world. Okay. It's but um, that's interesting. I won't. I won't say anything about that one. I didn't like it. I'm gonna be honest with you. Did you like the first one? I liked the first one. Okay. The first one just had a lot of mysteries. I did. I mean, there was questions I want to answer, but you know, like, I didn't need them in order mm-hmm. just to, to enjoy the story. Um, but yeah, this one they they got they got kind of I don't know. They got too detailed with stuff, and these things weren't making sense. It was it's, too many, too many. It's holes. better to just leave, like the Walking Dead, man. We never need to know how the zombies came to be. Yeah. Just survive them. We don't need the details. Uh, started watching Extraction 2. Didn't finish that. I'm like, I need my, I need my focus on Extraction 2. Do you? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I do. A little bit. Is that, is that is, so Extraction is like one of the movies I gotta like sit nah, down I, I don't want to fall asleep looking at oh. it. So I was like, I, I want to be up and like some of the wear what's going on. I'm gonna stop hating on that movie. I'm gonna watch it. It's not bad, bro. The way y'all be talking about extraction, I'm like, really? It's not <laughs> the first one wasn't bad. Like I, I enjoyed it's it. Getting a part three, so I mean yeah. it was it was one of, it's just one of those action packed movies where it's like, you know, you really don't question much. I mean, it is it's it fun is what it is. Yeah. It's like Reacher. It's just it's a good time. Yeah, it's man like on fire. Yes, it's man on fire with a white guy. With a white guy and an Indian kid. Yeah. Works for me. Yeah. And also Zom 100 on Netflix. Now, I was going to watch that, but there's no dubbed. Oh. So. You know what? I'm going to talk about it on Anime Alley. We'll, we'll save that one. Well, don't but, uh, spoil it, but I want to check. Yeah, talk about it. Um, I mean, there's only one episode out right now. Actually, no, take that back. It said oh. there's another episode out. Ooh, there's two episodes now. Which anyway. is interesting. Netflix doesn't do that. But they doing they it do it this. sometimes. Most of, most of the time they'll do like they'll drop the whole season. But I think this is like yeah. a new original, so that's why. Okay. Well, I want to yeah, I want to hear about it on Anime Alley because I want to yeah. check it out. You'll let me know if it's worth reading subtitles. And for uh, to end my week, I know it's been long, but I got this bad boy for Prime Day. You see that chair? Oh. Now for those Ooh. listening, which is everyone, Rich got one of them gamer Ooh. chairs. 
Let me tell you. Amazon Prime. How much How much would it have been if it wasn't Prime? It would have been 600 bucks. How much did you get it for? They dropped it down to, uh, to well, I got it all together with shipping, one like 124 and some change. You can't even, you can't wow. beat that with a stick, Rich. Man, I put this thing, yeah, we came up, I, I put it together. I'm like, yo, this is it. You feel like, you feel like you're doing something this right now. This is it right now. I can swivel. <laughs> I'm not oh. confined to one space. I can move around a little Wait, bit. Were you like in a dining room chair this whole time? I was in, I was in a folding chair. <laughs> I was in a folding. Wait, was you were in a, a folding chair this whole time. I was in a folding chair, bro. That's it's, why you're so happy. You're yeah, comfortable. I'm comfortable. Yeah, exactly. I was in a folding chair with, with some cheap uh, pillow that I got from Target to sit on. Hold on. So Jack, for almost two years of doing this podcast, Rich has been sitting in a folding chair with the pillow. Yeah. This whole time, wow. after like working all day, you sit in this folding chair for two hours. Wow. That's a yeah. good looking chair, man. That's a good looking chair. Yeah. Yo, man, there might be some deals still on Amazon. Y'all need to go check it out because it's on the cheap. But Rich. What's up? I got a question for you, man. What's that? Which superhero spends too much time in the sun? Which superhero spends too much time in the sun? Captain America. <laughs> I found the worst one on purpose. Where is my sound? <laughs> that was pretty good. That was clever. Captain mm. Tan America. I, I, no, the, the more you try to explain it, the, the worse it gets. Captain America. I'm hearing it, and it needs it's to stop. Not, yeah. Well, you know what? It doesn't need to stop. This train, because it's going past a stop sign right at the left, and we're going to be at the Collector's Corner. It's show and tell time. Here at the Collector's Corner, we take something out of our toy chest, something out of our combo shelf, something out of our video game case. We showcase it to the world. It could be worth millions of dollars or just sentimental. What do you guys got? Jack, I feel like you should go last, because you're just pulling out stuff from your childhood. It's not even fair anymore. Yeah. This guy pulled out a collection of cars. It's probably worth thousands of dollars last week. Like it was nothing. Yeah. I'll go first. <laughs> um, with Prime Day, uh, I bought a, uh, it wasn't a Prime deal, but I've been looking for him. And Lawrence teased me with a picture of it uh, in California. And I, I couldn't find it anywhere in New York. But I got the Gargoyles Broadway. Yeah. Because on the website, it releases, it released on the 12th. So the fact that people had it on the shelves, I'm like, what's what's happening? I mean, someone's making a mistake. But uh, I got my Broadway. I've only seen it once, though. And only once? And not at that Target again. So that, it might have been um, that. Yeah, that could have been a fluke. My man yeah. out here just looking. Yo. He uh, comes with, um, comes with uh, two heads, naturally. Comes with uh, the mean <laughs> face and the regular face. He got comes with a, 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 a drumstick and popcorn. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and what? Sage or something? Celery? It was some type of leafy thing. Uh, moss. I don't know what that. I, I don't know what that's the reference of. And then his weapon is a mace and an axe, but kind of like together as like on like a staff type of thing. Ah, uh, open that back up again. I'm gonna get a good look at it, dude. And his cape fold? No, don't. He, he has the. Uh, he has just the wings, the extended wings. I mean, it's, it's his wings. Oh, they extend. Okay. Yeah. So you just have the wings out, ready to fly. 
Nice. And I was nice. looking at the Gargoyle collection. Some of them joints are going to be coming like with a, a, a with a with folded wings because I think um I think Xanathos, if I'm not mistaken, he's coming with folded wings. Xanathos. For, yeah, he's the the main villain. Mm-hmm. He's like uh he's like the Lex Luthor. Okay. Um he he come he comes with the folded wings for Demona. Oh, so they're doing they they're, they're making you have to buy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that sucks. But uh, that's it. Well done. Yeah. Well done. I'll go next because I don't want Jack to blow me out of the water. Um, yo, Amazon Prime Day for $8. I got this Superboy Prime action figure. I love Superboy Prime. Pretty much like old school Superman strength. Can like push freaking planets if he wanted to. Came to Earth during a crisis, tried to do good, but was killing all the heroes by accident and just lost his mind and became a bad guy. Wind up fighting Superboy, like, you trying to take my place. Kills him in battle and becomes like this and then puts on this armor that gives him extra solar power on top of the fact that he's overpowered. But Jack, this is what's special. This is for people that are watching on YouTube. Look at that head sculpt, Jack. Look at that head scope. Now, Why is it looking like a shifty eyes? Well, that's freaking McFarlane. Now, I got this John Kent super Superman figure. Yeah. And I never liked the head. So when I pop this head off. Ooh. When I ah, Lawrence doing some modifications. I'm doing some modifications. Bear with me on the podcast, although I'll probably cut this down a little Jeez. bit. I know. Plug in and chuck. You got to have some hot water next to you in case it don't want to fit. I just spit on it and slides right in. Hey, well, you know. But now, because this freaking John Ken head sculpt is so freaking mean. But when I put him on, he's Superboy Prime Body. Ugh. Ugh. I'm just gonna give uh, noises for those on the podcast. You know, I bet the other head looks better on the other body too. I bet that's just a genuine better figure both ways with the head swaps. Now look at this bad Superboy Prime. Honestly, that looks sick this, because the the podcast John John Kent's hair is spiky, his eyes are glowing red. He does not look kind, but in this bad boy form, bad guy form, and then you throw this head Damn. on this John Kent body. Yo, McFarlane just be getting the pieces mixed up. That looks so much better. He looks great. And then he's standing next to his dad. That looks right. That looks so much better. Jack, want me to blow your mind some more? Sorry, y'all. Podcast, you just got to bear with it. I'll cut this down. Pause. (laughs) Yo. You're going to be mystified when you see this. You're yeah. just going to be mad all around, Jack. He's over there swapping heads. You're just, just like plucking them off. <laughs> just playing with these, playing with my heads, guys. Playing with. Boom. Oh, that's this not bad is either. what you. That's not bad either. Okay. Boom. Yeah. Boom. For those listening, which is everybody who's not watching this on YouTube like you should, I put that Superboy Prime body. On the Superboy action figure, if you didn't like the douchey head sculpt, <laughs> uh, you want something That's a little so bit more, just like a young Clark. Isn't that what he what he looked like? Yeah, yeah, but it's such but a Jack, dirty head. 
He has, yeah, he's more five. It's an older super boy, so he has five, five shadows. Just about every head I put on that body looks better. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. So that's my collector's corner, just head swapping. And for Making eight bucks, you can't even, you can't even buy eight. those heads for eight bucks. Yeah. No, you can't. Shoot. Skin's color's a little off, but I don't care. I'm good. But that's my collector's corner. Nice. All right, Jack, show us your childhood or your dad's collection. Well, actually, that's exactly right. I'm not showing my show and tell this week. I'll be showing some stuff from my pop's collection. And he's mm. got toys. I mean, so many toys, hundreds. I don't want to say thousands, but there's more than a thousand toys floating around here. And since I've gutted his place to kind of renovate it, I've taken some stuff off his walls, and I'm going to show... A couple that he likes enough to keep on his bedroom wall. These are his Beatles mm. toys. So oh, here, wow. here we got Paul from the Yellow, Yellow Submarine toy collection. And Paul is with a Monster. Okay. And then we've got... Were the Beatles, did they have a cartoon this is based off of, or this is just toy makers having fun? I mean, it could be just toy. Well, I think these are, mm, these are McFarlane toys. Oh. This is, a, this is another Paul. This is from the, uh, this is also Yellow Submarine, but I think this was the one that came out before the other toy line. Here's George. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> right? I mean, look at that bellhop's belly. It's and the bellhop's a monster. Were they fighting monsters on the submarine? I don't know what was going on. Wait, the bellhop's belly has well, teeth. Well, this is this this is the yellow submarine, but this is Sergeant Pepper line. So I think there was a second line of toys. First one was yellow submarine, and the second one was uh, Sergeant Pepper. So this is the Sergeant Pepper line. I'm not. I'm not a Beatles guy. Is there a significance to Yellow Submarine? Was that one of their songs? Or yes, something? it was like, a huge, huge, huge significance. Oh. Uh, this one is a cool one. This is John, and he is with the Bulldog. And there's also there's a Beatles song called Bulldog. So this one's kind of fun. All these characters are are plucked out of their songs, and you got to keep in mind they were doing wicked drugs near the end of their run. <laughs> <laughs> And here you got Ringo with Apple Bonker. Oh. Bonker. Like a bank. You don't have any you don't have any Lennon. John. John. Oh, you have it, John. John. Wait, where, where was John? John. John yeah. Lennon. Oh, my bad. He's my got bad. the glasses oh. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's with the Bulldogs. Yeah, they had a um they had a, a Saturday morning animated television series. Is that what this came so, from? I don't well, that think makes sense. So. It doesn't look the same. It looks different. Huh. Well, these are... I feel like they all had cartoon series back then. Uh, 2000. McFarlane Toys, 19, uh, 2000. From the 2000 line. No, I think Jeez. that just might be... Those might be just toys they made and based... Like you said, they based off the uh, the songs. Yeah. It wouldn't McFar be McFarlane I mean, made monster-like toys based off of the, uh, their, their song titles. Yeah, That's for those cool. of you listening... Uh, to get kind of a visual, think of Alice in Wonderland on drugs. Yeah, <laughs> mixed with the real Ghostbusters. Yeah, mixed with the real <laughs> Ghostbusters. That'll give you a pretty good idea of 
the kind of imagery of these toys. And they're super cool, but, though. But you don't have to use your imagination. Just go watch this very segment on YouTube. Right. And if you, you make it that far, like and subscribe would be great. Leave a comment, yes. too. Helps with the algorithm. And hit that Rip bell this. for notifications. Uh-huh. Right. Oh, and when you're done watching this video, watch the next one. Thank you, Rich. Yeah. And if you got something better to do, you just let it play in the background and peace out. Just give us the, yeah, we just need the, we don't really need a human there. Rich, man, I was over here, you know, playing with my heads. Hey, yo. And it made me think the visit alley we got to meet up in. No, we don't, actually. <laughs> Let's go to Anime Alley. Listen, I used to head alley. Listen, if you got Netflix, which everyone does, you need to check out Zom 100 Bucket List of the Dead. All right. This is a zombie, uh, clearly from what I just said, is a zombie uh, anime. And Netflix is putting it out. Uh, it, they're doing episode by episode. But as of right now, there's like, there are two episodes out now. I watched one. Um, and this follows Akira Tendo, a 24-year-old office worker of ZLM, discovers himself trapped in a routine and meaningless life. He lacks drive, motivations, and since he's disenchanted with his career, uh, since uh, then you know, zombie apocalypse happens. Let me tell you, this really broke down how people kind of just like getting because again, 24 years old, right, starts a brand new career. And he's like full of energy, full of life, right? And then he gets a few a few months in, a few a couple of years in, and now he's just drained. It's just mm. the same mundane. He's really like, because for those who don't know, Japanese work culture is pretty intense, right? Um, so he goes out with his his colleagues at first, chilling, they're having a good time, and then they're like, okay, time to go back to work. This is like after they just came from the office. So now they go back and they, they go back to more working. And he's at first he's like, you know, I'm going to make the best of it. You know, gets up dressed and everything like that. Enthusiasm, ready to go. And then it just gets to the point where he's just like, man, I'm going to die doing this job. He's dragging, you know, like he like everything slowly as you watch this, watch the show. Watch that episode. The color disappears. Ooh, yeah, I like that. Then like all that. of a sudden, oh, then he got a little bit of hope because he he met a girl there, find out you know got a little crush. He was kind of a little flirting, I guess, with him. So he was like, "Yes, I'm gonna show her that I'm the best worker, right? I'm gonna make her love me, type of thing." And then come to find out, she was banging the boss. So I sucked some more life out of him. Well, he's an entitled guy, huh? He really like he's. Ooh. He really thought he had a shot. I mean, listen, he said he, he didn't say he thought he had. So he was going to show them he was the best worker. He was going to he was going to prove just like most guys, he was going to prove himself to this girl. He didn't come in there yeah. saying, "No, you mind." He was like, "Listen, I'm going to show her I'm the best. She'll see me, she'll notice me. It's going to be not, great." He's not the boss. It don't matter. Hey, listen, every guy mm-hmm. knows how it is. You you don't you don't just go out there thinking that a girl's going to like you. Anyway, we're talking about something else. Right, we digress. Yeah, we digress, man. Let's get back to it. So, yes, yeah, so he's going through life, colors draining, and now he's pretty much walking around like a zombie. Hmm. So one day, he gets up, he goes to work, and next thing you know, 
the world's going crazy. Zombies are everywhere. Now he's running for his life. And as he's running for life, like most people would be like, oh my God, what am I going to do? How am I going to survive? He comes to a point, he's like, oh, I have a new lease on life. Now colors start coming back. Huh. Right. Now he's like, I, I can do whatever I want now. I'm not tied down anymore. There's no infrastructure to feel tied yes. down to. Wow. And that's pretty much where we leave it at. And now, you know, episode two, I got to watch. But listen, ZOM 100 so far is looking promising. Rich, you know me. You know me. Is it worth me reading subtitles? It is worth it. I don't think there's not a dub. It is worth Come reading on. subtitles. You know me, yes, Rich. No, it's worth it. Listen, yo, because I didn't even know. I, I, I watched it for the second time. And I didn't even notice that the fact the colors was just like slowly just dimming as he was going through his work. And like the, the life was being drained out of him pretty much because of work. I like that. And one. then all of a sudden when things started happening, when everything is going crazy, where most people would just panic and just, you know, die or lose their minds and like kill themselves or whatever the case may be. His color comes back. He's like, yo, I got a new lease on life. Let's go. I like that. That's an interesting take. That's it. I like that. Yeah. So well, I'm gonna check it out. Zom one hundred bucket list of the dead. Check it out. Nice. Well done, Rich. Well freaking done. I think it's time for some news. Yes. Time for the news. Guys, yo, so uh, I'll wait for that one. So the actress, uh Iman Vellani, she played um Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel in the series and in the movie. She is writing an actual Miss Marvel comic. And why this is so dope, she's like a super geek. She was correcting Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige was saying, no, our Marvel Universe is Earth 619 or something like that, which is like Earth Prime. And she's like, no, it's not. This is 19999. Come to find out in the Across the Spider-Verse film, freaking Spider-Man 2099 says, yes, Doctor Strange and that nerd from Earth 19999. Like, she was right. I was wrong. So this is pretty cool, man. Especially since they just killed her in the comics. So it'd be nice for her to come back. Uh, it looks like The Witcher Season 3 sees a 30% viewership drop compared Ooh. to Season 2. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. Two things, maybe. You know, Cavill's not coming back for Season 3, so you lost investment in the series. Mm. And Netflix stopped password sharing so you're like right. look oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. wait i mm. thought cavill cavill is back for this season he's not back for the next one so people might like they might have already lost interest no, kind of like what james gunn did before the flash came out told everyone nothing else matters because we're rebooting right. it well you suck the steam out of the should wait for that news yeah but uh who the heck knows speaking of james gunn he cast a lot of people in this new Superman movie. A big casting came out. So we're getting Anthony Kerrigan. If you know him, he is a no hole, no, no hole how? Barry Rich. Barry. No ho Frank. No ho. Ah. Oh, from from Barry. Okay, I know. Barry. You know. Um, yeah. No, yeah, ball dude, really funny. Yeah. He yeah, is yeah. playing Metamorpho in James Gunn's Superman Legacy. We have uh we oh. have Nate Nathan Fillion is playing Guy Gardner. In Superman Legacy. That's yeah. perfect casting. We have Isabella uh, Merced, who's playing Hawkgirl. And we have Eddie Gethagi, who's playing Mr. Terrific, in, all in Superman 
legacy. Why so many cameos? This this is red flags for me right off the bat. I don't think there can. Well, so far James Gunn does really well with a lot of people in his movies, and they never feel like cameos. And he said he said the he he went on record saying there's no character in this film that's just fan service. They all serve a point, and these are obscure people. It's not like he threw. He didn't. He's not doing what DC did, which is throw Batman and Wonder Woman and everything. He's what Mister Terrific. So I think they're they're gonna they're gonna serve some sort of purpose here. I hope it's not like the Black Adam film though, where it's like, mm. why why are we watching all these other characters? I got faith. I, I want to watch Superman. I, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, because if if Black Adam was good, it would have made sense that the Justice Society showed up and tried to stop him, like. The, the the plot points made sense. The execution was just like, what's going on? And if and they're creating a world where Superman is not the first superhero, so they might have these other guys around that aren't as public, that aren't as noticeable. See this guy flying around with an S on his chest, like who is this guy? Look at that ass. Look at that. Look at his ass. Who knows? But I got faith in James Gunn. Some people don't. I do. Uh, yo, we got a first look at Hugh Jackman. As Wolverine in Deadpool 3. Yes. Yeah, wearing it. that yellow suit. And I have to say this, and y'all can hate me for it. That would have been laughed out of the freaking room back in the year, yeah, like yeah, 1999. But it looks good now. Maybe. It does. It looks good now, Rich, if, if, if you saw a picture of Brian Singer's X-Men movie back then, remember, this is like right after The Matrix, right? Yeah. And he looked like that, and you would have been like, Bright yellow, rich, not like muted. We, we weren't ready for it back then. I mean, it, does, I don't know. it, it, it I looked know. like the comic. No, so it's what? all about the tone, dude. Let, it's all about the tone and execution. Let me let me change what I'm saying. Us geeks are ready. Mm. The casual fan base was not ready for this. Yellow well, I'll costume. say this: Brian Singer's X Men probably wouldn't have played. It would have felt disjointed if they were in those clothes. Yeah, but a different script X Men. That was totally accurate. Might have worked for that, but I feel like we had to remember back then. The last time you got a comic accurate costume before X Men, no, Spider Man came after X Men. We're talking Christopher Reeve's Superman was the last time you saw a comic accurate okay. costume. Spider Man came out after. Pretty close to being accurate, man. Ain't no one no Blade didn't know Blade was a comic book when he came out. <laughs> <laughs> and another news. And another news. So. All these wonderful movies, right? Well, guess what, guys? SAG after it went on strike. The actors yep. are on strike, mm-hmm. which means that if you're a SAG after um, actor, you will be in breach of contract if you do any acting work with any um, affiliations with the pretty much the studios. So this movie we just talked about, Deadpool three, we saw shots, pictures of them shooting this very scene. Well, that got shut down. They had to go home. Deadpool 3 stopped production. As well as everything else in production, including uh, Mortal Kombat 2. That's a good point. Everything has stopped. Everything. Except soap operas. We haven't stopped. Are you serious? (laughs) We're a different different television network contract. You're, You're not AFTRA? We are, but... Soap operas, variety shows, daytime talk shows are all under a different contract. They're not with the contract with the studios. They're with a different television network contract, but which is not being struck against. But you are still SAG. 
But SAG doesn't say you can't work as an actor. It says you can't work against what we're striking against. Wow. Hmm. So they're striking against all the networks and the, well, striking against all the studios primarily and streamers. But as far as like network television contracts, there's not many of them because most studios have their own TV shows. But usually the daytime shows still have strictly contracts with network television broadcasters, not studio heads. So you're not even on vacation, right? Well, I am on vacation because I'm on hiatus, but nope. yeah. But I don't say that to say like rubbing it in. It's basically one of those things where the industry is going talk about when the writers being on strike, like it being starved. This is this can this can have huge ramifications. And since we're geeks, we're going to talk about it from a consumer's point of view, which is this is the kind of thing that changes the, the economics of movie making. Yeah. So if this strike goes on for too long and too much money is lost, you might not get a Deadpool three. You the superhero genre might be done. It might not Ooh. make sense to spend two hundred million dollars on movies to pick it if, back up too. Yeah. I mean, it might be like, it's, like and you seen what's going on in the box office. It might be one of those straws that breaks the camel's well, back. And, and the thing that's crazy about that stuff is, you know, you rent the space usually or the studio. And so if, if something's on strike for too long, you put stuff in storage. And if something's in storage for too long, you put it in the trash. And if something's in the trash, that means you need to regenerate that budget in order to recreate the thing when you come back to it. Which actually happened when COVID happened. I was on all these sets that same thing happened. We put everything in storage and then COVID lasts for like two years or whatever it was. So those stuff went the trash and then there was no budget to rebuild and the things just never happened. I mean, when you're talking Mission Impossible cost $300 million to make because they had to do it around COVID. This is a similar shutting down situation. And the last time this happened with just the writers in 2007, pretty much birthed reality TV as we know, as the juggernaut that it is, because right. we don't need writers. So it can change the whole game. It can change the whole game. Um, what else do I have here? On an upward note, the Emmys came out and The Last of Us like got 24 freaking Emmy nominations. A video game TV show is nice, now nice. like grabbing all the freaking emmys i man. mean that content was great oh though. content yeah. is so freaking good james gunn teased a legendary star lord movie concept he says chris pratt and i forever have talked about how great it would be to do a legendary star lord movie the story with star lord on earth trying to adapt to its environment the same way somebody from space would try to adopt to, you know like he's a fish out of water because he's on earth that's that's a that's a unique take because he hasn't been on Earth since he was nine years old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so what? It would, that seemed like what they were pushing at for the for the for the credits. Post credits, post credits. Yeah, James Gunn is like, I'm gonna be doing Marvel movies and running DC. Yeah. What? And he already did kind of. He already double dipped. Let him let him cook, Rich. Let the man cook. Let him cook. Okay. And, uh that's the news. <laughs> that was the news. Stop laughing, Rich. Damn, Rich. This. Yeah. Jack, stop smiling. I'm sick of this. Okay. All right, it's time for a debate. What's getting rumble? Guys, I will say that we are at the height of the multiversity. 
of superhero content. We're seeing Jennifer Garner come back multiversity. We see we're seeing Jennifer Garner come back as Electra in Deadpool three. We're seeing we saw Michael Keaton come back as Batman in the Flash. So I want to ask you guys, those of you who saw it. Yeah, if you didn't, you suck. Get off this pot. No, don't get off hey. this podcast. But you still suck. But uh, like and subscribe before you do that. Still like and subscribe and follow all our links. We have a wonderful YouTube channel as well. Uh, who would you like to see come back as a superhero or villain? You must choose someone who hasn't been in the role for a few years, okay? So no Keaton, no Affleck, no Cavill. Pretty much the way we're seeing these greats or... Not so great. Although I love Jennifer Garner, but the Electra movie did not hit. It did not. <laughs> but she's coming back. Same way we saw, I guess, Patrick Stewart come back in um, Doctor Strange. We won't talk about that movie, Jack. You know. <laughs> Who wants to lose first? <laughs> oh. oh, I've got this. Although you're going to throw red flags all over it. I still oh, got God. it. He's going to pick somebody who's already back i feel like i got an echo now all right here's who i think the villain should be now was the question who should be the villain in the new deadpool movie no no no, no. In, in in the likes of deadpool 3 who would you want to see take on their role as superhero or uh, super villain comparing electra coming back to deadpool 3 like who would you want to see come back in the role i see well I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with what I it should still line up. The villain I want to see in Deadpool three is the answer to my question. Okay. And you're red gonna flag. throw a red flag on it. Because you're not gonna answer the actual question, really which good. is you must choose someone who hasn't played the role for a few years. Right, yes, that's accurate. Kind of accurate. I wanna see evil Deadpool as the villain, played by Ryan Reynolds. So but, you're not even going to answer the question. But, you're not. but the character should be the one from the Wolverine movie that was really bad. Wow. Hold on, Rich. <laughs> yeah. That is actually great. Do you get it? It, it, kind of, it works. X-Men Origins in Deadpool yes. is the yes. villain in Deadpool 3. Yes. Rich, that's freaking brilliant. Come on. Yes. That works. That works. But he right? already addressed that. He killed that Deadpool. He did kill that Deadpool. No, but okay, so so then here's the but let me explain who evil Deadpool is. Evil okay. Deadpool, there's a science there's this uh, nurse scientist lady who is obsessed with Deadpool in the comic books. And she'd go around and pick up his severed limbs and she froze them. Had like every appendage you could think of, she froze, right? Deadpool okay. found out about it, thought it was freaking disgusting, took all the body parts and tossed them into a dumpster. This, this is comic book canon. But because of the healing factor that was still in the body parts, they fused together creating an evil version of Deadpool, which I think could be the head from the Deadpool from that movie was cut off, Rich. thus spawning. This is, this is also brilliant because that was an X-Men Origins Wolverine movie. And we got Wolverine in Deadpool 3. Yeah. This actually works really well. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it that it works. And he almost has a red flag, but doesn't because that's a completely different Deadpool. Right. Exactly. Right. That's what I'm getting at. It's the other Deadpool. And that's like 10 years ago. That's a while ago. It was. Right. And 
Okay. I'll give it to this this mother. He he figured it out. Ah, he He definitely did. Oh God. Jack might have won his first debate. Man. Huh? I'm over here just like I just want to see Chris Evans come back as the human torch. I don't anybody. (laughs) (laughs) This man devised a whole Deadpool return, killing Deadpool like. Right. So Rich is that your answer? Just Chris Evans as the human? I torch? I want to see Chris Evans come back as Human Torch. Yeah, why not? He was very what? good at it. He role. was. He was great. But what's the kind? Like without the rest of the fan, without the rest of the Fantastic Listen, Four, the rest of the Fantastic Four is kind of shaky. All right. Um, I would like to see Jim as Mister Fantastic because I feel like that's something that they touched on, and and, and it needs to. Oh be, yeah, yeah, yeah. It needs to come to flourishing. Um, would he be a good Mr. Fantastic, the Chris Evans, or do you need a younger Human Torch for that? He's talking about uh, he's talking about Jim from John John Krasinski, Jim from The Office. Right? Yeah, yeah, Jim from yeah, The do Office. Do you think they would work, or you need a younger Human Torch for his Reed Richards? Hmm. I mean, we can't de-age him a little bit. We no, we cannot, boy. Rich. It's not going well. <laughs> de-aging has not gone well. No, you can. Boy, it's your movie. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> You want to? Yeah, it's really... a really odd choice to cast Chris Evans as the Human Torch and then de-age him to a younger version. Just like, have CGI on him every time, all the time. Uh, let's say, let's say, uh, you know, the uh, Human Torch, like uh, I don't know, went back in time. Yeah, so, so you wouldn't. Good. I wouldn't de-age him. He'll be he'll be an old human. Well, not old. He's not old. He's forty two. He's not old, but you, I mean, but you know, he'll be you know a, a slightly a slightly more mature human torch going right. back, and there'll be some crisis that he has to avert that happened with the other members, and you know he's going back to kind of stop that. Well, you want to see Chris Evans come back as his least known superhero persona? Yeah, I mean, actually, no. What was his least known? Well, no, nah, he wasn't a superhero, but he played um the Scott Pilgrim. Uh, not Scott Pilgrim was also dope, but uh the. Undetestables? No, the uh, the huh? Oh, there was a movie. Oh, go on with the. I'll, I'll find the name of that movie. But it was it was pretty good. I love it. It was he was uh they were they were it was kind of like the A team. Oh, ah, the you know team. what I'm talking about? Um, yeah, because you got the guy from uh Negan's in it. Yeah, Negan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jackie, you know this movie Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana has like a lot of freaking action movies. She's she so slept on. Yeah, I forget the name of it, but I know what she's talking about. They're kind of like a Mod Squad type of Expendables type group. Yeah, they're kind of like which, the, and it the was a script. comic book. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were they were like disgraced. They were they were they were set up. They were set up to, uh, and they're they're pretty much thought to be you know a bunch of bad guys. Like the Suicide Squad without kind costumes. Like suicide Squad, yeah. They're, they're forced to kind of take like odd ends and job, odd ends. You've seen jobs. this, Jack. Um, I guess I'll go. I'm not placing the name. It's the Losers. The Losers. Yes. On HBO. No, nah, it was a movie. Movie. No, nah, it was a movie. Yeah. Chris the, Evans, the show, Zoe Saldana. Uh, oh, so I was thinking Leftovers. Leftovers. Nah. Leftovers. Oh no, that's something different. Okay, so, losers. My thing is, I don't really have a story or a movie to put him in, but all I know is everything is normal in the MCU, and the sky starts raining blood. Okay. Vampires are popping out, murking all these heroes, and you got Wesley Snipes okay. in his trench coat. 
mm-hmm. swinging that sword. Blade is in the MCU to do some that the other heroes can do is take out these vampires. I will bring Wesley Snipes back as Blade. Come on now. Is he going to fight alongside Mahershala? No, Mahershala, can, he's in a different... We ain't even talking about him. He's in a whole different... <laughs> he can sit down for a second and let Blade, let, let the real Blade come. He can come play. But I want Wesley Snipes back as Blade. So is this like in a distant future? Because, you know... What's his name's kind of getting up there in age, you know what I mean? Yo, he can still no, but I think Blade it, it would be this time period. So how how many years passed since the last Blade would be the, the same years? Because I don't think I think Blade ages normally. I don't think he has the immort- I don't think he has the immortality of, of a vampire. Yeah, because didn't Whistler find him when he well, at least the movie canon. Didn't Whistler find him when he was like a teenager or something? Yeah, he probably ages slower though. Right, a little, a little slower. And black don't crack, so it's fine. We don't even got to de-age him. <laughs> Wesley Snipes still got it. Mm, he said he aged, he ages very slow, although he's okay. not immortal. Right, it's Wesley Snipes. Man, yeah. you bring him back. This, you want to put this in like yeah. two thousand, like ninety-two. I mean, when Wesley like Snipes that. came back in, in uh, Expendables, that was. He just back. he just came back as Wesley Snipes. Now imagine yes. Wesley Snipes come back as Blade. He was just Wesley Snipes' back. Imagine he came back as Blade. Right. Come on, man. Would he wear the glasses the entire film? Yeah. Well, he only started doing that later when he. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Why not? He refused to take them off, didn't he? Like apparently, Wes- apparently Wesley got more difficult to work with as the sequels went on, and you can tell his difficulty level by how. How often he wore his sunglasses. <laughs> okay. And by the third movie, he only has them off in one scene. In right. the first movie, he has them off like it's like Batman with his mask. He doesn't wear his sunglasses when he's with Whistler. He doesn't wear his sunglasses when he's just right. like casual conversation. But uh yeah, Blade, man. But I have to say, for creativity alone, Jack won this debate. Oh, that is freaking brilliant. I crushed, crushed it. it. And, and if that happened in the movie, it would bring the whole audience down. If they brought himself back as that version of himself to be the yeah. evil Deadpool villain of the film. <laughs> I'd be so pissed off because I was like, man, that was spoiled a year ago. <laughs> Jack spoiled this a year ago. <laughs> Everybody's like surprised. And I'm like, no, it would be hysterical, though. It, even if that character had a cameo in the film, it'd be freaking hysterical. Yo, and and listen, we can still play the last cameo. Like Deadpool shot him in the head, and he keeps still he could be salty about that last yeah. cameo. This is interesting. I'll give I'm it to I'll give it to Jack. You got it. You got it. Got it. Jack. Well done. Okay. Well done, Jack. All right, man. It's time to get to the reason why we're here. It's time for the main event. Today we're talking about Mission Impossible. Dead Reckoning, part, part one. One don't, and they marketed it part one. So I don't want to hear anybody getting mad that this movie did not end with a cliffhanger. Really, <laughs> it kind of ended fine. Spoiler alert! It definitely uh, had a cliffhanger. What are you talking about? Not like Spider Man did. Y'all was pissed off. Yeah. Like, you didn't even get a final fight in Spider Man. <laughs> oh man! But let me read this synopsis from IMDb. And then we'll do our spoiler-free deep dive, and then we'll jump in. Not, not deep dive. You know what I'm saying? Ethan Hunt and his IMF team must track down a dangerous weapon 
before it falls in the wrong hands. This synopsis can work for all the Mission Impossible movies, just about. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> um, Was that I'm, it? There's a longer one, but I think that that's the point. Great. Uh, yeah. I do hear an echo on my end. If, if y'all hear it, I'm sorry. Bear with us. Uh, so, listen, I got to do one thing. I got to give a slow clap for Mr. Tom Cruise. Because he's been killing it in this franchise. I'm 41 years old. Jack, you're 41. Rich, you're 42. He's been killing it in this franchise since I was 14. Jack was 14 and you were 15, Rich. That's when Mission Impossible 1 came out. When we were like 14 and 15 years old. And he's only up the ante with stunts. Yeah. (laughs) Like in the first one, he was on a CGI train. On this one, he's on a train. Yeah. Yeah. What's happening? I thought this movie was pretty great. Uh, I thought the plot was almost kind of a copy and paste from the other ones, sort of, kind of. Yeah. And I felt as though Mission Impossible movies kind of land in two directions for me. Some are, we got to stop this thing because it's bad. And others are more of a personal story. This one, I felt like tried to achieve a personal story. Was similar to Indiana Jones, had to recreate a past we haven't seen, and I don't want to get in spoiler mm-hmm. territory, but that so so the personal story of this felt rushed and forced for me, similar to Indiana Jones. Um, that's <laughs> all I'll say. But I did enjoy it, and uh, spoiler alert: Tom Cruise and the director show up on screen. I guess similar to Top Gun Maverick. I haven't seen it, never will, but. <laughs> I thought you were gonna see it. I gotta. I'll wait for a bet to lose. Um, Didn't you lose a bet? No, Chris did not watch any real anime. Um, Yeah, but did him and the director come on the screen and just thanked everyone for coming to see the movie, and 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 it felt great. And Jack, I remember you saying that you felt you liked that when you saw Top Gun Maverick. Like it felt nice. Felt like you were at the theater. Felt like uh, it made this experience more special. I enjoyed that. What did you guys think? I thought it was a, yeah, it was pretty much copy and paste of stuff. Um, I I I thought I, I might have to go back and watch uh, the first one to find out this this uh this story that that the villain. I like I, I wasn't sure if that he was, was no. Person, it's, no. It's like Indiana Jones. It was created oh, yeah. for this movie. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. That's why I said right. like well, forced history. Well, even without knowing that, I was just like. I'm slightly. I felt like I was slightly lost on that because I was like, maybe I missed something on the first movie, but or one of the other movies, because there've been so many and so long. You know, you just don't remember them all. You were 15 but years all, old when the first one came out. <laughs> yeah, and the, and but they're all the same. Because I was explaining to my girl, like, you know, it was the same thing. Like the world, something's bad about to happen. He got to step in, and then you know, he might need to go rogue. He might need That's to go rogue. Much, he might need to go rogue. You know, it's <laughs> pretty much all of the that Mission Impossible. It's just just. You no, know, put in maybe a nuclear bomb here, like you know, financial crisis going on here, or a war about to be. You know, just put something there. And that's usually pretty much some that. MacGuffin they got to find that will I- initiate or unlock or ignite something. <laughs> yeah, you know. But um, but other than that, I had a good time. I watched it. It was great. Mm-hmm. I, no, that's not great. It was a good time. It was a good watch. Mm. Jackie boy. Yeah, listen, I enjoy all of the Mission Impossible movies. Um, all of them. This isn't my favorite of the Mission Impossible movies, but it's as good as... Well, Jack, Jack, Jack. 
this is only part one, yes. so it could get better. Yeah, you well, can't judge it, Jack. It's only part one. <laughs> <laughs> and Well, I'll say this. It's the first time Mission Impossible has split their film up, which is hard for me um, because not to get into any spoiler territory, the film is unresolved. Duh. And so you, without part two, I'm sitting here with half of the story going, I actually would have probably been fine watching a six hour movie or waiting to watch this until the other half dropped. That's how I like to consume content. I hate just waiting in the middle of a thing. Of course, now you got writer strike and actor strike going on. So we may this not movie. even get the second half of this. Uh, who knows when we're actually going to get this movie. Which is also why I don't like films. I feel like if if a film, like it worked for um, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings set it up like everything is going to be, a tr- this is going to be a trilogy. We're splitting it all up. We shot the whole thing. So continuity and it works. With Mission Impossible, normally you get a one-off storytelling thing. And this this happens a lot in movies once they get to, like their 10th or 12th or 6th installment. You saw it with Harry Potter. We're getting it with Fast and the Furious. Now Tom Cruise with Mission Impossible is splitting the film in half. Um, Anyways, what's my point? My point is I enjoyed the film. I think I would have enjoyed it more if there was conclusion here and there's not. Uh, Other than that, I'm definitely coming back and... Listen, I, I support Tom Cruise in the Mission Impossible movies. They're fun. Just knowing how hard he works. And like Yo, man, and, and it's funny, again, not spoiler, because we can get into spoilers. Spoiler alert. Going for going, go, go right. Spoiler alert then. Everyone knows every they've been cramming this Tom Cruise rides his bike off of the cliff thing. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so I'm waiting for the setup to the moment. Think was a little labored because we knew it was going to happen so the audience is ahead of the wave here right which i think hurt the hurt him having to do the jump because we were so expected yeah. you feel like yo just to add to that yeah because they i feel like nowadays they just take they take too much of the previews and they and they and they show too much of the movie yes even before the previews even when they're just talking about the movie coming out like they just show too much of the movie so you, you kind of just feel like you're just watching all the previews and then filling and in he starts right. showing you how we even he starts showing you the behind the scenes of this shot before you even right. see the movie right which yeah. normally yeah which normally get after the movie comes out but anyways when he jumped when he finally does jump off the cliff and then we see him actually acting while he's in free f- free fall. <laughs> I just started laughing because I was like, oh, of course he's doing the scene also. And there's dialogue. <laughs> His of face course. is like, ah! <laughs> yeah. like, no, man, Tom Cruise is just off the chart. Sign me up. I am watching every Mission Impossible movie that ever comes out while Tom Cruise is still in it. It's just the, it's the way it is. You kind of have if it's to. Geriatric Tom Cruise, and he's ninety, and he's going off the cliff in a wheelchair. I'm watching it. That dude can run, though. Yeah, he can. No, so, I will run. say this though: the the running is it's a thing. It's a one. It's a thing, <laughs> but it's almost a comical thing now. When he ran in Mission Impossible four, uh, four or five, it was uh, on the uh, the bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, dude! That was thrilling. 
and he's he runs he never saunters anywhere. It's no. like, even if he had to like get the water bottle across the room, be like, ah, ah! <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> hey, calm down. But he, like, this guy is running, man. Matt Damon had a story. He's like, I'm sitting with Tom Cruise, and I'm sure they can share war stories of Born Identity and Mission Impossible. Matt Damon's like, he's like, it's like Tom, like Tom, you, you did this stunt, like that's crazy. You, you ran around the whole thing or whatever. And he's like, you want to know how I did it? He's like, you know, Tom's very intense. He's like, all on. He's like, I'm in though. Tom was like, I told the stunt guy I wanted to do this for like ten years, and the stunt guy said it's too dangerous. So you know what I did? What did you do? I got a new stunt guy. <laughs> like. <laughs> Tom Cruise is going yeah. to all, yeah. I, and watching Mission Impossible. I wished that like Jackie Chan's trajectory and his trajectory like was more seamless in time because I'm like, imagine Jackie Chan coming on as like the big bad, and both of them are just doing their own stunts yeah, the whole time. Man. The insurance for this film would be ridiculous. Wow. Oh, yeah. But talk about in a yeah. roller coaster. Um, one thing I'll say is. Some of the tropes in this movie did bug me. We'll get there. That that's my. I had issues. There were some tropes in this movie that felt very. Also, they, they dated. changed the whole. And correct me if I'm wrong. We'll get to it, I guess, at some point. But they changed the whole backdrop of the IMF in this film. They kind like of the went... IMF in other films. There was a recruit process, and there was training thing. And remember, there was the girl in the one film where he was all mad. She got. There's always a girl getting killed. But trope. She was in a trope, right? Yeah, trope. And they go out of their way to make it a trope in this one and like spoon feed some of the some of the information. But the IMF was like a military, you know, covert. To my part one? Huh? To my part one. I'm talking about like part five or six. But in this remember. one, in this one, it was more like you were a criminal at some point and then you got inducted. Both might still work though. They still might have had to go through that same training, right? It's it's new information being introduced mm. nine films into it. How many mission possibles are there? Seven. I think this was seven. We're gonna seven. get eight. Part two. So seven. Eight. So seven films into it, there this is new. We, right. we never knew that this is how People were recruited. This is the most backstory I think we've got about him, really. Yeah. They were actually thinking about doing some de-aging for those, you know, we, we in the movie we get that back, we get a little backstory of Tom I was Cruise glad. with that. You only I'm, see his back of his head. Because I don't want it to be a thing. And they shot a lot of this stuff back in 2021. And I'm not saying they couldn't have fixed it now, but it already cost 300 million. Like let it <laughs> let it be. Um so the movie picks up with the submarine, right? And they're kind of like doing their own thing, the routine stuff. And they see a submarine in the distance on their radar. Fires a freaking warning, uh, a freaking torpedo at it. They fire one back, but the submarine disappears. Where to go? Where to go? But on the submarine, we keep seeing this thing, which we find that is AI. I forgot how confusing the exposition is in a Mission Impossible movie. I forgot it's got to like lean back and just allow it to wash over me. Okay. This is a lot of information that comes in fast. And you're like, what am I supposed to pay attention to? There's going to be a lot of guys in offices talking in this movie. Maybe more so in the other ones. I don't remember this much just. Well, this thing started with the narration and it ended right. with the narration. But the narration at the end made no damn sense. I don't even remember it. We'll get there. So, yeah, like, I mean, the first, I feel like the first scene was, was easy to follow. It was, you know, the submarine. 
thing. For, well, first it started with the they were checking the AI with right. the key. They could, they kind of put big emphasis on that key, and then yeah. um you know put the AI back in. Bop bop bop, and then you know the whole the whole phantom attack, right. which I thought right. was pretty cool. And I'm like, How oh, they- so we popping some Skynet out here. Is what we know, which is great. But usually in the Mission Impossible movie. I guess we never see it work that way again. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, that's dope. That's threatening. Like, this thing can really, and then all it now does is I know everything about you. We went from you misguiding my torpedoes to now the threat is you know my high school girlfriend's name. <laughs> like, that was like well, scaring they, everybody later on. Like, we forget well, what this thing is capable of. Well, but the, the uh, what do they call it? The entity is what they call the sentient uh, AI. The entity didn't choose to go after the submarine. That was the Americans test driving the entity, but the entity decided to blow up the submarine. Because it's now thinking for itself. Right. So remember uh, Carrie Ewell's Princess Bride, Wesley, later in the film tells us that they were beta testing a run with the entity on the submarine, but the entity goes rogue. And that's where I'm too dumb for this because it's like, it's so much information that like by the end, he's like, I'm the one who did it. I'm like, did what? What are you talking about? Oh, I don't care. He's jumping off the train. <laughs> like, you know, you know, I'm like, what? You did what? <laughs> oh, but anyways, so basically the sub, they, they torpedoed themselves. Their torpedo fires back at them. Pretty unsettling, but that shot, it felt like very the beginning of a Bond movie, right? With the bodies kind of floating up to the icy surface very yeah, slowly. Yeah, actually, felt like we can hear some great. like music going on. Very Bond. Well then, well, then you did. You went to the title sequence. Dum, 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 dum. So then we pretty much got this carrier coming in. You know who he's going to go come see. We know oh, this thing was way too dr- This next scene was way too no. dramatic. Jack, Ethan Hunt, after like Part three always has a dope reveal. You think you're at a confessional. You think a priest is going to come out. It's Ethan. You got a urinal. Pop it out. It's Ethan. <laughs> like Ethan Hunt always. <laughs> he's right. But that wasn't this scene. This scene was dramatic. Yeah, but they're all, he's always going to come out. They always got to make it a moment. You know they well, got to make knew, it a moment. Yeah, we knew what was going on, though. Yeah. Yeah. And then we hear, you know, if you choose to accept it, blah, blah, blah. Which is all. This is just fun stuff right now. This is fun if you're a fan of the franchise. If you're not a fan of the franchise, I don't know why you would even be watching part seven. So this is all fun. Tom I was Cruise checking that. Wait, wait, was it me or was the tape not moving when the mm-hmm. tape recorder was playing? I feel uh, like it wasn't moving. I didn't notice. Uh-huh. Was it digital? It should be digital by this. No, it was I know. I guess it shouldn't. It. it was a physical. I guess tape analog. Man. Yeah, that's what you can. Yeah. Huh. The tape wasn't moving. I think some of my some some uh some the only shot some they Gen got. Gen Z or forgot how oh wait, I gotta turn that on. Wow, think about that. You can have a Gen Z or in there going, so how's the tape recorder work? How, how does this right. what, what and, do we do? With and this? in the same film, you can have someone actually driving off of a cliff and not a tape recorder playing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. We can figure that out. <laughs> um so then, like, yeah, he gets the mission if he chooses to accept it. The girl from his partner from the other movies, uh, her name is I forgot her name. I'm gonna check out her name. What's her name? Uh, the other girl, uh, the, the, the his no, teammate. Palm. Uh, um, sorry, everybody, Luke we're better with now. No, um, Issa, 
Issa Frost? Issa, uh, no, um, yeah, played by Rebecca Ferguson. Ilsa? Yeah. Ilsa Foss. Ilsa. So, uh, like, yeah. basically, she has the right. other half of the key, blah, blah, blah. You got to go get her. If you don't go get her, then there's a bunch of people. She, gotta, she has money, a bounty on her head. If you she don't got get a, her. Yeah, she got, like, a, like a $100,000 million dollar bounty or something like that. It's 50, wow. It was a lot. It was a lot five, like, 50 million bounty on her head. Like, 50 million. It's something stupid. And people so then knew we, where she at. And we get Tom Cruise on a freaking horseback. He got that horse quiet. He quieted that horse behind yeah. that hill. Like, sh- I never seen that in my life. Just like both him and the horse, like a Scooby Doo cartoon. Right. Just and quiet. he executed. And you know he's actually on that horse too. You yeah. Jack? I don't think. I think that's why they pitched it. He's like, you know what? I really want to do ride horseback. I want to ride a horse, and I want the ride, horse to run. Want <laughs> that horse scene. to run? Right. Oh, you know he's gonna do him in, in, in uh, Dead Reckoning too. He's going to race a horse. He's gonna race He'll a horse. He'll be on foot. The horse will be on foot. And Dead Reckoning three, the horse is going to be on him. He's going to carry that horse. The horse. <laughs> this guy. Yo, man, man did they... you see the? Wait, did we talk about it on one of the one of the shows? Someone, what? someone actually, uh, someone who trains Olympic track runners broke down Tom Cruise's running mm-hmm. and said, one, he's gotten faster. In films, if you because he's running every film, but if you watch like those early day films, like he's um, not really running, he's running kind of like if you watch like The Firm and uh, a few good stuff like that, he's running, but his form takes a significant jump by the time you get to like Mission Impossible three or four. And sure. and and they say that Tom Cruise in that film, oh, I forget what the statistic was. There's a if you're watching this on YouTube. Get away from us and go watch this. Wait, other- wow, Jack. First of all, don't the disrespect. And then come back. No, no, no. Just take See, our word for it. Video, though, Whatever Jack's he's saying is true. Mechanics of his running. Yeah, he's running nines now. He's actually Yo, really fast. I don't even know if that's a thing. He looks okay. fast. I mean, it's hard to look fast on camera because we have no understanding of spatial relationship, but we just see well, his that's intensity. That's why you need things in the in the foreground and background, kind of moving. Right, and usually they they heighten it. Right, but here I don't. They don't feel like they hit the fast forward button here. I think he's oh, booking man. it. He's booking it. Yo, and if that shot where he's running on top of the plane station, the the uh, airport. Oh, go to airport. On. First just, of all, it's really kind of funny though. That was funny. <laughs> it, was funny. <laughs> really, it didn't seem like he was going was that fast. You, you just see him look. You just it just pans up, and he's just like. But <laughs> I, I loved it because. This is what I love about this, and he, he's very similar to Indiana Jones to me. Where it's like his, stakes are high, his, man. his heroics are effortful. Yep. Like yep. it's not easy. He's not Schwarzenegger just coming in here and everybody gets taken out and doesn't oh, break a no. sweat. Mm-hmm. He, when he runs through this airport, it looks like you got a long way to go, Ethan. Yeah. You know what I love about <laughs> that, you know? I love about Tom Cruise in these Mission Impossible movies. He plays confused and shocked so yeah. well, like. In the, in, I think it was part four when he's his wife has to defibrillate him to bring him back to life, and she shot mm-hmm. all the people while he was out cold, and he wakes up and he's like surprised. Is that, is that Hoffman? Is that is that part three with Hoffman, or is that after Phillips? Yeah, that's Hoffman. with Hoffman. Uh, part three, yeah, 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 part three. Right, and so okay, so and but he, his reaction is so good. He has a similar reaction when after he jumps off the cliff and he's, you know, eventually he's going to land on the train. Right. You're not entirely sure where he's going to land on the train but when he finally does land into the train let's say that he was like oh that works <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. so genuinely shocked you're like 
He was so out, he was disorientated. He probably actually crashed into the side of the train, which is why he was disorientated. Mm. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah it's probably a real moving train. It's like yeah, Tom, Cruise. Tom Cruise doesn't act anymore. He's just really saving the world. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, yeah, but to add, on, to add on to that, like when he got into the to the car, to the to the little car. Oh, yeah, right? exactly. Like he yeah, was terrified the of the fiat. Fire yeah, but even before that, because usually when you see him get into a car, he just knows what he's doing, right? He just drives. Right. But he got into this car, he was like, oh, you know, he crashed into the wall. Like, he didn't realize yeah. how powerful it was, how fast it was. Like, he didn't, like, he, he, he didn't know how to work the wipers. Like, he, was sitting, he didn't know and, what was going on. And this is unique. When you have a movie star, top of his game, can't tell him nothing, and he still is with a character he's in love with because he's been playing it for so long, will still find moments where the sense of humor is because he's the butt of the joke and you mm-hmm. watch him lean into it. That's what makes him so great. Any other person in this position would have been like, no, nah, I can't take my sunglasses off. No, nah, I can't look like I'm weak here. Like well, freaking Vin Diesel on the rock. Now we have it in con- contractually with throw the same amount of punches because one James, of us can't look weak. Yeah. It's James Bond, but with more humility. Humanity and humility, both. Because, I mean, Bond, even with Daniel Craig, you saw it was effortful, but he never lost his swag. Like, Ethan will literally be like, how do He's I get charming. out of this? Yeah. Charming? Tom Cruise is charming, not but you al- different. But you also see that he recognizes, I get lucky. <laughs> Some of this stuff was not supposed to work out. <laughs> I got lucky here. Um, yeah. And I love the first scene with them in the desert. And this is kind of what I missed in John Wick 4 which is, for me and John Wick, the gunplay got a bit repetitive until we got those dope shots, overhead shot. But a while after a while, I felt like I kind of seen this already. And just taking a gunfight to a freaking sandstorm <laughs> in the desert, right. just all of a sudden you take what would be a normal gunfight and it just looks different and the stakes are higher. And him yeah. getting these one-off shots, bang, 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 against the wind with messed up vision. <laughs> Yo, right. I, I wanted to know how they, how they could even tell each other apart. You don't. You yeah. just kind of guess. You hope. Right. You hope. And scheduling must have been a nightmare for production, waiting for an actual windstorm to kick up. Because Tom Cruise don't do CGI, Rich. <laughs> well, there's some big fans that have people throwing sand in it. He's like, no, we got to wait for this real storm. We get one <laughs> shot at it. <laughs> um, and then, but he, he gets- <laughs> you're some live rounds. He's a live, only live. Tom Cruise uses live rounds. No, he doesn't shoot live rounds because he cares about his crew. But he insists right, but they everyone, shoot live, everyone else. Yeah, shoot asked live rounds. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Why does this not feel like uh, like a complete stretch? So he finds uh, Ilsa and she's dead. Yo, she's dead. She's on the ground, dead. He has that look on his face. So my comrade died. Then we go into the office. Now this is interesting. The guy, um, fix not fix Gerald. Um, the guy who's kind of over IMF, um, he that's his first time being in the series since part one. He was in part one playing that role and hasn't been in another movie since. So we're kind of going back to some roots here. Ethan pretty much gasses the whole place, takes off the mask. I'm about to say, if that guy's not a villain, he's a terrible actor because all they kept cutting to him <laughs> wide yeah. eye like, yeah. <laughs> Like, what's this guy it's about like, to do? This something about to happen. Well, we knew, we knew it was Tom Cruise in a mask. But, but the problem with that scene for me was, man, they really spoon-fed and kind of leaned into... I mean, they let Kerry Ewell really ask some hysterical questions in it. Like, the exposition wait, was impossible crazy. Force. Yeah, there's so much... That, that scene was made for anyone who 
managed to have never seen a Mission Impossible movie Jack, ever. That scene was made for anyone who's never seen a movie before ever. Like <laughs> it was, it was really like, not well written. And maybe it's a budget thing poorly staged. They did shoot during COVID, but these are one of those scenes where like they talk about it in this book, Save the Cat, where you have exposition in an um that Tom Hanks movie where he is uh, dealing with the Pope. What's the name of that movie? Uh, I don't think I saw that. Anyway, uh, it's a big, big movie, and they were like they had the Pope swimming laps in the swimming pool as they're delivering the information. Because visually, seeing the Pope swimming as he's talking about the plot was just interesting and weird and fun, mm. similar to to Michael Keaton with a bowl of spaghetti. When you just got right. a bunch of dudes in suits sitting down, monologuing. That's right. why they kept cutting to Tom but, Cruise. But also they were monologuing on the meta level. They were monologuing about the idea of the film itself for the audience's point of view. Right. Whenever, whenever you have a group of people in a movie like Mission Impossible talking about what is IMF, Impossible Mission Force, well, that's a little... And you're, that scene is for the sake of the audience. It's not for the sake of the film. And yeah. so sometimes yeah. they work and sometimes they don't work. And in this case, it felt a little. I think that was their way of trying to find humor as they freaking burn yeah. through this exposition. And it didn't. It, it, yeah, did, it yeah. fell flat. I was like, why is she posted? Was it Idra? Indra? Indria? I'm probably butchering her name. But she was like laid up. You'd see how she was like kind of like laid in the chair. Like legs were up, kind of just like sideways pose. Like, so what you're saying is, I'm like. What is going on here? Like, what, what? What is this? Is this like an official meeting? Or she just there to look pretty? What's happening? What are you talking about? I'm trying to remember. remember. Bro, I saw it. Listen, I was very tuned in on this. In that first, I was before, upset. before he gasses the office? Before he gasses the office, yeah. When they're doing the whole talking. I didn't even they, they did like a kind of a, a, a faraway shot a little bit. More of a kind of a full room. Uh-huh. And she was like, she was like in a very weird, like a, a chair that just didn't look in place of like of a building of what that was like. well the whole building was weird because like they retrofitted the bottom of it so you could have a hundred thousand people like typing typing all the information into an analog form in case the sentient being destroyed everything yeah. like where was this space it was a weird space this government building non it was it wasn't interesting enough for me to not ask these questions because in movies My- where the exposition flies and everything visually looks dope you're not asking the fake science questions. We're like, where are we? What are you doing back there? You don't even think about it because you're so focused on something else. You're right. engaged. Here it was like, I'm watching the clock tick. I'm like, I'm looking at the sweat on his brow because I'm like, what are we talking about? I'm, and then you notice the woman in the chair because you're noticing all the things. Yeah. And I think they kept they kept cutting back to, of course, Ethan in the mask because that was our only cutaway to humor outside the dialogue to at least break up the... Was that humor? Monologue. It was just real. Well, he's like, he had, a, he had a, a specific look, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, his book. Why? Super like, bug eyed, yeah. You're, you're undercover. You know what yeah. you're doing. Why are you looking like you got a fart? <laughs> like, why are you looking like you don't know what to do here? That was right. for the audience to get. Anyway, so Ethan tells him, listen. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get both sets of the keys. I'm going to destroy him. You don't want to do that. And then he officially goes rogue. Again. 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 Like, he's never not rogue at this point. I I felt like his job was rogue. So, basically, he's off to find the other key. We find out that Ilsa didn't die. He, uh, she was down. He winds up faking her death with another body. He says, stay dead. 
I love that scene. I love those moments. The moments yeah. between his team and his, his friends, mm-hmm. those those sincere moments. I, I, I love them in every movie. Um, then what happens after that? Like, he's on a mission. He gets Simon Pegg, Bing Rames is back. He got the guys, the squad right. is they, back. Well, they back. go to the airport to get the other half go, of the key. Go, go to the airport. Yes, and that's where they meet, uh, what's her name? Right, and, and this is where we Grace. get the... Uh, Right. This is Grace. This is where we get the plot of the film. The plot of the film is Tom Cruise wants to plant his half of the key on someone who's trying to get the other half of the key so the key can be united. Then he'll go find out what the key actually unlocks and stop it, which is terrible, terrible plan. But here's my question. Why not just destroy the keys? Right. They needed oh, the but keys. if you destroy the keys, you can't stop the uh, the, entity. the AI, the, the entity. You only you need the key to control it. Right, and it's already so, taking right. on its own. Um, um, and this airport sequence is dope because you also have agents showing up because you know he's rogue, gone rogue. They're trying to stop him. Right. So the I, the way they're using the satellites to mess with each other and like you think that's his facial recognition wearing a mask. That was pretty dope. Yeah. Uh, and Tom Cruise in the airport, and he bumps into the pickpocket Grace. And this is where we get the first trope of this series, which is that? all it takes is a pretty face, huh, Ethan? Yeah. Like, if, if, if it was me, would I would I have gotten that much love? No, nah, hey, they would have called the police on you right away. If I was like, Ethan, sleight of hand, would he, like, ask <laughs> yeah. me to join his team? Airport yeah. security. <laughs> but if you watch all the Mission Impossible movies, all the girls have a very similar thing about them you know they're all she they all look lot, like her but she looks a lot like the woman that plays his wife i almost thought that was her yeah, yeah yeah wait, wait, speaking of which where is his wife his wondering. wife's not dead so it's not his like... wife's not dead but he is not in the picture really well, and this was funny because he was alluding to having history with so many other characters well, we got a flashback of him and this woman, and then we see uh, an image of Isai Morales, who I love. This is this guy this is guy. like hot sauce. Like you put him in this anything, man. Just spice it up, yo. And I love that he's like in a big movie as as a lead character because this guy's been killing it since the freaking seventies, man. Yeah. He's so dope. My issue with his character is. I don't like when you have to introduce backstory into the seventh film in a twenty-eight-year franchise. <laughs> Gotta get don't him tell in there me somehow. I don't tell me what I didn't see. I saw you. Got to get him in there somehow, you know. Well, what happens is this: in the original Mission Impossible movie, John Voight played the character in the TV show. So when he betrays his team, it was personal. Philip Seymour Hoffman in Part Three went after Ethan's wife. It was personal. Here, you're trying to make it personal, and I don't care what the backstory. This character just showed up this movie. Yeah, like I understand it intellectually, but I don't feel. But the- exactly, you're not. You're 100 right, and also it's not really needed. It's like the threat of this film is interesting enough where you almost don't need the rogue element at all, and you almost don't need the the injected backstory conflict either. No. Like it's interesting. It's actually that it's it's interesting and it's topical. It makes the villain more mustache twirling, making it personal. Like if it right. wasn't personal, I'm killing these people because it's not personal. It's just right. more through chilling instead of like. But he I likes have to see him suffer, which feels like not productive. I feel like you're wasting a lot of time and manpower. Right, <laughs> just, just and to you watch got this, people suffer. You got this ambiguous 
flashback story that we see where they're alluding to the idea that Tom Cruise is responsible for shooting the girl, but we know that this other guy is actually the guy who killed the girl and Tom Cruise took the blame and was given the choice and took the choice. So Tom Cruise has always been a heroic figure. So the, even the flashbacks don't make sense, and we're not going to have that actually play out till part two if we get to part two. But we still so have now, the, now we have a character we don't care about pretty much being responsible for this whole franchise. He made Ethan right. into this agent right. pretty much. Right. Which I is exactly. I about Gabriel. What are you talking about? You did not care about. Yeah, I did. I'm like, look at this dude. He about to just. No, you like Eastside. You like, you like the actor. You don't care about the right now, you know. Pull out them knives, about to do things. That's what he did. Just the most impractical weapon. Even if you bring, (laughs) don't bring knives to a sword fight. (laughs) What both? You know, I got listen. I got to tell you this. I love a good sword fight, and I love good choreography. But that fight on the bridge made no sense. The sword gets. She's too skilled with a weapon that gives her too much distance to lose. But yeah. Maybe Grace with the sword would lose because yes. she's not a skilled fighter. But right. Ilsa? Come on. Right. No, it just didn't make sense. And the whole thing felt like I'm watching pretty choreography. It didn't feel like I'm watching a life and death fight. I there was, was watching so many it. moments where she had a kill strike and didn't take it because that wasn't the next move. Like I literally yeah, exactly. saw yes, the blade exactly. was up. <laughs> take yeah. the hit. It just, just didn't make sense. No. It just so, didn't make sense. Run around the airport, freaking Benji. He notices a suitcase is there. Then it was tagged. This is a weird suitcase. So we'll go check out the suitcase. Ping Range is keeping an eye on, uh, you know, Ethan. Benji goes down there. There's a bomb. It's an atomic bomb. What are we gonna do? They don't tell Ethan about it because he might go down there and you know save the day. Don't do that. <laughs> don't tell the guy that's good at this because right because this key is more important than them all blowing up in an atomic fire. You know, right, and then the key's gone anyway. The key's gone anyway, and it turns out this was the entity pretty much letting them know, I know who you are. Well, he was also testing. It was a psych testing test. Testing them. Yeah. It was a psych test. What did you do in the third grade? I don't want to tell. Miss Johnson's class. <laughs> I, I wet myself. He knows. <laughs> he knows too much. <laughs> it's traumatic, Rich. It's very traumatic. Have some, have some respect. <laughs> um Pretty much the key gets away. Ethan sees freaking Gabriel. Holy crap, it's a ghost, but he didn't see him as a reflection. All that stuff happens. Grace gets arrested with her half of the key. And I got to talk about this trope some more. It's not just, it's the pretty face. And it's like, there's no other quality that she has that should make Ethan trust her or want to work with her outside the fact that she's just pretty. She's pretty, bro. Like every... It's 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 an eighties trope. It's so eighties. It's pretty privileged. Oh, you pretty go on you on the team. Go on you on the team. You can be on the team. You have no fighting skills. I mean you're good with your hands. You're untrustworthy. You're just stealing stuff. You don't even know what to do. (laughs) Yeah, but no, but you look good though. So join the team. And we get the trope of the beautiful, psychotic, overpowered henchwoman. Oh wow. Yeah. I mean, but she's 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 captivating. I give her that. Her role doesn't make any sense in this. She's, she's great in it, but we've seen this Harley Quinn, James Bond sidekick villain yeah. over and over all the time. And 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 like you're in a car chase and you're about to get hit and you laugh at the flame. Like that stuff was cool in like the '90s with Pierce Brosnan's Bond, but right. It felt Yo, a can bit we, of- first of all, one 
I feel like Ethan was pulling his punches when he was fighting her because, you know, especially in the alleyway, that, that confined space. Of that, like, you should have been knocking out like 50 times already. And two, can we yeah. leave Rome alone? Is it like, is it like, like, yo, I think there's a tax cut. There must be a tax gotta, break. Is it? Because everyone be. seems to be destroying Rome at this point with cars. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I would destroy Rome too, though. I'm, I, I, well, I, I love the room. I did, and I we shot in Rome, so I, I think there is a tax. Oh, uh, I didn't drive no cars to the street. And let me tell you what you can't do in Rome, Rich What'd high speed car chase. Uh. Rome is like Manhattan, you are not having a high speed car chase in the city of Rome. You'll, you'll just bumper to bumper. Yeah. You know, the best high speed car, uh, uh, car, car moment in Manhattan was definitely Die Hard 3. Where they took the park, <laughs> you had because oh, yeah. you you have to. I don't know if these Spider Man movies like he's chasing people down because the cab is driving. Like where are you? You can't. You can't yeah. And what time of day is it? What time of day is it? Three o'clock. It's like morning? Jack Bauer in, uh, in going anywhere in California. I know four oh five. So basically, the airport they lose the key. Grace is arrested. Ethan goes to get Grace. Yada yada yada. They got to break out of there. Gabriel's there to get the key as well. He's killing people. He's merciless. You see, he's a stone cold killer. Get yeah. Ethan, get the key. Agents are after Ethan. The police are after Ethan. And Gabriel's hench, psychotic Harley Quinn woman's after Ethan. Big old car chase in the city. This is actually pretty freaking dope. They're in the car. Shots are being fired. He handcuffs himself to her so he can't drive well. And she can't drive at all, but she yeah. learns how to drive really quickly. Um, he went up getting to this Fiat that looks like a Bond car, but turns out to be like he does not know how this works. I don't know why he doesn't know. He just does not know well, how this he car said, works well, so well. But they tell it. They tell you it for the audience's sake. He says sometimes the the settings on the cars are set weird. Yeah. Well, so I didn't so, need that. I can just have I mean, him not know how to use all the the machines. Like right. sometimes you need a manual. Yeah. So they start driving. Yada 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 yada. Car chase, car chase, car chase. Riveting. This is great, and I and I almost want to see the last Fast and the Furious to compare, like who had the better Rome <laughs> car chase. <laughs> this one felt like it had more stakes, but still didn't have much stakes because they were plowing through things and everybody was fine. That's, they that's really were. Yeah. Um, and then they backed into like this subway where she winds up picking the lock, handcuffs him to the steering wheel. I love this. This is this is okay. This is a trope that I love where he's about to pick the lock in. Of course, the train's coming. I love that. That that to yeah. me was great. I mean, I saw that but coming. You knew but that I, was going to happen. Yeah, what, I want to know I how he got that, that steering wheel off. He, he broke it off. No, no, he broke no. It off. As a mechanic, there's no way. There's no way. I'm okay, still so, like, that, like, so then I have I have questions too. What it because you saw it. You saw the car get hit, and you saw him jumping out the door. Off the uh, passenger side, yeah, right. Yeah. So, unless, but some steering wheels do have a, a release. Like this if is you're a special. Up, this is a special car too. Uh, if you're in a race car, a race car driver, those things they pop off. That's not a that's not a race car, bro. That's a production car. But no, but it's souped up. It's a it's an it's, IMF it car. So pushing forward, what happens after that? Oh, then he's like dazed and confused, walking around with the steering wheel in his hand. Right. When his friends, Benji. Show up in the van, and then they concoct. The, oh, and the lady is there too. So the whole team is back together again, and they they decide they have to go to where are they going? Venice? 
They go to Venice. Yeah, Venice. They go to Venice and they're going to infiltrate a party where the key is going to be sold. Because you got um, the White Widow is there and it's her party. And that's the woman from, if not the last one, then the one before the last one. Vanessa Kirby? Yeah. I, I, I didn't understand why he could just walk in. Because like, he's, st- he's still wanted. Like his images are. I mean, everywhere. The entity also let, let them in because we come to find out that the entity threw the party. Right. This is where it gets a little hokey for me. <laughs> but I rock with it. I rock with it. Because it's almost like a cult now. It's like and it almost looks like the, the entity. party that John Wick was at in the last movie. Very similar. They played the same. They got the same DJ. We're there. <laughs> Listen, we're, we're destroying Rome. We're, we're throwing big raves. You know, it's going to be the move now. Dude. And I love that Ethan can't just take out his gun and take out like 10 people at once. Like, it's effortful. He can't just Superman his way out of here. He has For, to. Did you see the guy with the gun when 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 everything kind of was like coming to a head at when, at the meeting? It was like very weird. The cameras was like really focusing on this one guy, well, like kind of like a Afro, or whatever, like look like a Middle Eastern dude. He was like, he's kind of doing something. Oh some yeah. in the back. I was like, why are we focused on this guy? Like, why do we care about this guy right now? And nothing happened except the gun got knocked out of his hand. Well, you know, sometimes uh-huh. what happens on set, Rich, is an actor will have a really good kind of rapport and conversation and gel with the directors the Tom Cruise lead people in the film or just the cameraman and they'll end up getting a little more love on screen than they would have otherwise. Okay. I mean, my man had no lines. That's what I'm saying though. He might've, he might've just been a real joy that, that week on set. for We got to give Homer some screen time. He's a good dude. Let's, let's share the love. Sure. Um, so then, yeah, then they're running. Tom Cruise is running because. Again. So basically, uh-huh. there's going to be a fight on the bridge, right? And right. it's either Grace who's going to die, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Ilsa, whatever her name's going to die. Someone you care about is going to die, and I'm like, he don't care about Grace. He just met Grace. How is this the you choose? Somehow moment? he cares about her now, like, but like, right. Except for what he says is, I'll always care about you. (laughs) I'll care about you more than my life, at least. Which also... That felt like a mission. Like, choose who you want to live between these two. For Ethan, he doesn't want anyone to die, so it matters. But, like, I guess the entity would know. But it felt like he doesn't know her enough for this ultimatum. (laughs) I mean, it was so, again... The dialogue and spoon fed and it's like uh William Defoe when he's got Mary Jane in one hand and the bus full of school children in the other and he's like, make a choice. And you're like right. come on man, how many times do I gotta see the hero have to make the choice? But, I'd he, rather didn't just- even, but he didn't get to make the choice. He didn't even get there to make the choice. So like you yeah. lost the actual stakes of the question anyway. So then why have the question in the first place? That's what I'm exactly. saying. Exactly. And and it would have been more interesting if you didn't give me the whole monologue about the question and just put it in in action where he was in a situation where he had to make a choice. Unless you do a Dark Knight thing where you put a twist on it. You thought you were oh. going to go rescue Rachel and oh. you went for the wrong one. That's dude, how you do it. Dude, that moment in that, that film was, was right. Yeah. And, it, and, and when he walked in there 
and Dent is in there going, not me, not me. And you're like, oh, man, talk about like heart wrenching. Batman's like, no, listen, I didn't choose you. Don't (laughs) don't get in your feelings about this. I really didn't want to choose you. Um, That that moment was great. And that was not this moment at all. No. And then Ilsa fights Gabriel. I don't know why she, why fight him? Why are you fighting him? But why didn't she just, and why did she pull out a sword? Why did she shoot him? They don't got guns no more. They always had guns. Like the logic goes straight out the window. The logic goes straight out the window. I didn't this sword cane. I don't know where. Why? Why did she get? Did she she get shot in the leg or something? No, she didn't. She was good. Like she did get shot. She got shot at one point. Yes. No. She got stabbed at one point. She got stabbed. That's during the fight. In the fight. In during the fight. Why do you have a sword cane just on a regular? Just here, you know. She's walking around with a sword. Like they got machine guns. (laughs) So. She's fighting him, and well, no, he's fighting freaking um, Grace first, and yeah. she's holding her own for far too long. Too right, long. and yeah. and she's doing magic trick with knives, but instead yeah. of just like pulling out a knife and shanking the dude, she reveals the fact that she like, had the extra. Hey, knife. look at this one! I just come on. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm watching them I'm, show the I'm, audience, <sighs> and, and I would have loved the logical thing is he he stands off the fighter. And she just runs away. <laughs> like, right. Because yeah. why is she, she even trying? Why are you even trying? So Ilsa comes, saves her life. She takes a knife. She dies. Ethan gets there. But before that, he has... That's a dope hall, little alleyway fight. But, but I will say this, though. The, uh, the Grace character, in several moments in the film, you see her actually being an adept fighter. Because she needs to be, because we need her to be later. But like, because she why? has to, right? Because she has to have the option of being inducted, and so she needs some sort of skills. Yeah, why? She's a pickpocket. Why is she a martial artist? And, and not just like you're fighting goons. You're like fighting like other people that are yeah, like accomplished killers. fighters, trained, trained killers. killers. Like, right. Um, but that fight, that alleyway fight with Ethan versus Harley Quinn, <laughs> and, and the, the other dude, much, and the dude, was pretty great, man. I wish it just had a sense of. Time is running out. That's what they wanted for it. Like time is running yeah. out. Will he get out? You know he's going to get out of the alley, but will he get out in time? And right. it just didn't hit that type of urgency for me. Yeah, it started. You know what? It started out that way because you saw him do what you wish the girl had done. He run. tried to run away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he tried to run away, yeah, which is logical. Wait, but it also told us, it told us he didn't have time to engage, so he's trying to run away. Right. Yeah, that scene wasn't hitting uh, for me because when Palm, like, she had a pipe. I'm like, what are you going to do with this pipe in this confined And why did space? she have a pipe? She had no weapon. She picked up the pipe. Yeah. Where are all their guns it? now? Guns are gone, man. They, like, I get they, he doesn't have his gun because they probably... Wait, Kocek. And, Kocek took it. They forgot to claim him. Rich. Yeah. And here's another trope. Okay. He, this woman's a psychotic person. She kills several people in Rome just driving. Yeah. And he spares her life because she's pretty. <laughs> no, if it he wasn't, spared, he spared her life because she was a girl, right? Pretty, pretty sure, but she was a she was a girl, which is why he was holding his he was kind of pulling his punches. He, he didn't pull his punches on the guy, of right? Course, and he, he did smash her head into the brick wall, and you know he that wasn't pulling her punches at that last moment. He didn't because she's a girl. You're right, but she's also a pretty girl, and we know how Ethan is a pretty. If it was me fighting him. Oh, he would have put pipe. That pipe, he would have bashed your face in with that pipe. 
Pause. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so he's sexist. That's what we're, that's what we're, it boils down we'll to. We'll say he's a romantic, but, but it's, it's a trope. It's a, it's an overplayed trope. The good guy they, can't punch the girl. The good guy can't punch specifically the pretty girl. Mm-hmm. Cause you didn't just cast an average looking woman to fight him. You, you, you have these beautiful women around him that he can't like, he says, Issa, like, you're dead. Don't come back. She comes back. And he's like, okay, fine. <laughs> you, you know Grace, who okay, fine. Hmm. John Wick. Just oh. saying. John Wick. Remember, John like, Wick, you done. don't discriminate. <laughs> if you want this smoke, you got there it. There was a movie, man. I forget <laughs> what the it. movie was. I feel like it was in the 90s. And the hero is the first time I saw a hero figure just straight punch the, the villain girl in the face. Do you remember that movie? I was sitting there going... He just, he just punched. It was like, I forget what the movie was. I'm trying it to remember. It needed to happen, though. Oh, but you I know mean, what I think? It's also uh, Bruce Willis does in the Die I Hard. think about like, Bruce Willis. Like, rips all, it might have been. It might have been. But, but here's the thing, and, and it's not, I don't think they're doing it because it's like men shouldn't hit women because we, we've proven that she's a super soldier, right? She's right. not just, you she's, know. She's definitely capable. But it's that Bond thing where it's like any pretty face could be good because they're pretty and which happens at the end is like you're gonna betray me because he spared your life and in the end she tells him everything he needs to know because pretty girls even if they're bad there's redemption can always be redeemed but that henchman you just gonna throw him out the train like what about him right he got kids he's trying to like he's like i don't even want to be here all he wanted to do was (laughs) make enough money for braces for little amala yeah I would have told you about the submarine, dog. You told me at the plane. <laughs> like, man, they don't pay me enough for this. Girl. What do you need to know? So I, that that trope started to feel overdone, and it felt like this movie was too sophisticated to overplay that trope. Anyways, mm-hmm. Issa dies. The team rallies on, and she's quickly replaced with Grace. Like, and and they mourn her, <laughs> but she's like, it's like we got a spot open for you, <laughs> like instantly. Well, they need a woman to no, wear the he mask. He warned her more in the fake morning scene than mm. he did in the actual morning scene. But that's the story. I saw Tom Cruise carry that weight for a long time, even when the story yeah, yeah. didn't dictate it. Yeah, um, yeah. And they needed a woman to wear the white, the the the, the white widow's mask. Like yeah, that right. was the plan. So they create a mask for Grace. Grace is like, well, you know, I don't know about this. And Ethan's like, listen, I will always put your life before mine. Always and dude, Tom Cruise. I believed every freaking word. That almost brought me to tears, Rich. Like, did it? Like, like his being, mm-hmm. like his his entire being was like. You looked in his eyes. I detected no lie, no lie. Yeah, I mean, the guy's not lying anymore. I mean, he's doing everything authentic. <laughs> Listen, Tom Cruising. This is real. He does. <laughs> he's, just, he's just shooting around him. <laughs> He's Daniel Day Lewis in this for real. So um they go to create a mask for her and and one for Ethan, but the AI Which of messed course up the, the mask. machine stops working again. Did the like AI how many movies has this machine not worked? Well, the AI messed it up. No, I didn't say the AI messed it up. It just said it just it, it just haywired. It shorted it. out. Yeah. That's just really? Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much what he said. Yeah, but I, always, thought was, I, I thought it was that. the AI too for a moment, but they didn't actually say that. They said the machine shorted out. Yeah, essentially. 
which wouldn't be the first time the machine has shorted out on him. Which I kind of like. I like that because that's what happens. This damn machine is like a clunky car. Because when you're when you're rogue, you you don't actually have a headquarters that you actually set up base. You kind of just always packing and moving. And but how do yeah. they always have the info? That like they always have the equipment though. They, they never have, the, have equipment. the equipment, and they're almost always somewhere on some else. Grid safe safe house thing. And that's why their equipment always messes up. Gotta have safe houses, you know. You on the run, you gotta have places to go. I so like he, how they have the uh, the the Johnny on the spot uh, the car locator. You know, need a safe, safe car. car. That was dope. That was dope. I felt like they could have used. And that it was for a more fake stuff. out. That moment was fun too because they faked it out. You saw that hot looking gray car, and then the other yeah, one. Yeah. Like, I wanted to see that more for like weapon stashes, like like. Don't just stash. Maybe and Jack. Maybe that's how they they always have that equipment lying around different places. Well, you see that in Ghost Protocol, you know, yeah. the stash houses, and there's one on like a subway or a train or something. So who knows how long these mask makers? That might not have been used for like 15 years. Is but it's the stash house we haven't needed, and hopefully it works. Right. <laughs> Hope so. Uh, so basically, they're gonna go on the train, but they can't. So she has to go on the train by herself. She's scared, but you can do this. You can do this. Why? Because Ethan believes it. I love it. We believe it, so it has <laughs> to be true. Believes it. Yeah. Wait, you know what they say, though? How many times did they say this in this film? You'll figure it out. <laughs> I love it. Figure it out. Story not of even, my life. He doesn't have an answer. He actually doesn't know how. But he knows that when you're in the situation, you'll figure you'll it make out. The right, yeah, you'll figure it out. Yeah, so basically, out. he's like, I will be on that train. She goes on a train as the White Widow, does all that stuff, meets with the guy. She tries to get herself Grace off and get money and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. she's like, maybe I'll just double cross this whole thing, get money and clear my name. Mm-hmm. Ethan is like, uh, Gabriel's on a train. They're going to go faster. So like, holy crap, I can't get on this train. I think I missed it, Benji. I mean, he's you like, want to talk about a moment where just people just doing their job and they're dying. That like, was it, bro. I've been shoveling coal in the train my entire life. My right? dad's dad did it. My, and man, <laughs> my man was about to retire. He did he did 30 years. He was about to retire. And he's being hanging from the train whistle. Dude. Come on, man. Ruthless. Yeah. Ruthless. I didn't even know they still made trains like that. I I, I just watch I watch Bullet Train. I'm like, they still make these trains that be like <laughs> shoveling coal? Okay. Yeah, they do. They do. I guess it's a thing. I thought who, I thought that was more for like transit trains, not like you actually have cars with people in it's, them. It's it's uh I think it's like a specialty thing. It's like you know you don't they're not all over the place, but they they have like train trips well, where they're what you know, country was they in? Yeah, yeah, I forgot what country they're in, but yeah, right. So that's probably yeah. something to do with it too, you know. Very true. So he misses the train, and Benji's like, "Well, follow this trail." They're all analog now because you know the freaking entity is messed up with their satellite system. They can't trust anything. Uh, Bing Rames is gone. He has to figure yeah, out how to wipe this face. I thought, I thought the entity was going to take over uh, Benji's Benji's car because Nebby kind of hooked up to some right? type of Wi-Fi uh, or something. Right? Because how was it driving itself? Yeah. It had to have been hooked Cause up. Because GPS still is satellite, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought that too, Rich. I, I was like, it was fun and, when he jumped in the passenger seat and said yeah. self, self-drive, but it also kind of didn't make sense. But he needed to be where Ethan landed because he didn't need to be in a car to have the scene. But he needed to be there in person, I guess. For yeah, when Ethan but he landed. could have pulled off to the side and done the computer stuff. Would have logically made more sense, especially if the whole point of it was being analog. 
And it would have been funny if he got the idea. He looked at the dash and was like, oh, I got to get out of here. Like, you see the fear on his face. Yeah. Like, nothing happens, but he registers like, uh-oh. Um, uh, this is a questionable so, choice. So, Ethan's driving up this mountain, and we're about to see the scene that we've seen. And it is, I will say this, it is breathtaking on the big screen. Holy freaking crap. That thing is, it's wide, baby. Wait, I'm sorry. What are you talking about? <laughs> what? <laughs> when he drives off the mountain, the oh, shot. Okay, it's yeah, on, yeah, on yeah, yeah, yeah. All it's, right, it's 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 wide. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's what she said. Also. Wow. Anyway, so he takes the jump, and freaking Grace is on a train. She's pretty much. She decides not to take the money and quickly figure well, out. This- this, right, but at this point, yeah, yeah, keep going. Well, she decides I take the money, whatever. Da, 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 da. She leaves the train car. The actual white widow comes in disoriented. They're like, right. Holy and the crap, cops are on her. the train now, too. The cops yeah. on the I don't know. They, they're really great wow. at their job of tracking I mean, this guy who's off the grid. <laughs> they're everywhere they need Either is. they are so beyond good at their job, or Ethan and everyone else is just really, really bad, bad at their jobs. Because there's no gray area. It's one or the other. So basically, she's and also, running. they're international. That, like they have been tracking him across the globe at this point, yeah. and he's leaving no footprint. Zero. <laughs> like, he's not like zero. Breadcrumbs, uh, footprints. I mean, nothing. He has a hunch, you know. He's like, listen, I have a listen, feeling he's going to be on this on this old fashioned steam train in Ireland. Yeah, <laughs> right. At Ten o'clock like, in the morning. <laughs> let's go to the party. That was let's go to the party. Random. Let's go to this party that no one knows about because it's off the grid. <laughs> right. Like, like uh, very good at their job. Very good. And how are we going to get in? Punch them in the face. <laughs> tase them. No security. No security. Just go tase them. Right. And so no then, camera on this one. No. No security cameras. No actual security. Although the entity is watching everything and knows everything. Every... Anyways, don't, don't peel the layers back too hard here. Yeah, not too uh, hard. So she's running for her life, and then as soon as she's about to get captured, Ethan <laughs> flies into the train car and yeah. pretty much smashes the guy. And he looks at her, he's like, Grace? <laughs> like, 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 she doing something peculiar. Yeah. <laughs> and we talked about it earlier, just just Ethan's complete shock that he pulled it off. Or and mis- that he managed mis- to hit that car. Yeah, and he probably misjudged his landing. He probably was trying to land safely on top of it, on the right? Yeah, like exactly. the window. It was definitely going too fast. Also, well, what was that train car made out of? Paper mache? Well, think about it. He also had to fly in through the window, so the margin of error he could have like splatted against that wall. But the wall opened up. He went through one wall, window wall, and yeah. knocked the other guy out the other window wall. And then he's kind of in between it's the two openings. Stuff. Which, if that was even possible, he still would have like shattered every bone in his body as he collided into that guy with enough force. Maybe that's why he was so confused. He was like, funny, I didn't break any bones. He should at least been. He didn't bleed. No. No, but neither did the neither did the uh, the pretty psychotic girl when he was banging her head against a cinder block wall. We should get a little blood. A little Bruce Willis, a little diehard blood, nothing crazy. Anyway, I mean, Willis she also blood. got stabbed in, in in the heart and was able to make it out of the car to was help it the heart? Him. I guess it, it was, was like enough it. to make her bleed out, like somewhere around so, that, so, nick an artery, something. 
while this is going on, as Richard said, Carrie, Carrie, the guy over the whole thing. Yes. We pretty much find out he wants the key because he wants to be a United States to be a mega power. He wants to have all the control. Yeah, he wanted to erase the the whole Mm. system and start over. Yeah. But he want with with ultimate control. Yeah, yeah, must I mean to have two villains, mustache twirling at the same time in the same scene? Can only have one. There can only be one. One. So basically, after he tells them everything, he's like, "I'm the only one who knows." Wait, how does how does Gabriel know? He didn't tell him where it is. No, he didn't. I don't. I don't know. He already that. knew. Yeah, I don't know. So then, why did they even have this meeting? I have no idea. There's a lot of exposition for the sake of getting getting the dialogue on. I guess all we needed to hear is Gabriel hearing him say, he's the only one who knows. Cool. You're the only one? I just got to kill you. Mm. Great. Cuts his throat and then stabs Harley Quinn in the freaking rib chest heart. because You're going to betray me. He spared your life. You're going to betray me. He should have said, you're pretty and he spares your life. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, because I guess if... if she walked out of a fight with Ethan and is alive, you must have spared her life. And the entity. You always can say the entity told him, though. Right. Okay. The entity told him. It ran an algorithm with all these possibilities, you know. So basically, he stabs her and then flash forward to the train car. Mm-hmm. Is this? No. The train's. They're in, is the train falling apart yet? No, yeah, well now they're now they're running. They detach the front car. Right. There's bombs on a bridge, of course. Wait, another tra- <laughs> why is there bombs on the bridge? And these bombs look so nice and well distributed and like state of the art. I mean, they are mm-hmm. nice looking bombs. Like who climbed over there and stuck them all so perfectly? People I mean, wait. someone someone who loves their job. Why did Gabriel need to blow up the train? Because why did the, he need to blow up the bridge? The See, entity we, told him to. We can always say that, right? Because the entity yeah. told... We can always... Okay. Got, the, I, he's like a zealot for the entity right now. Right. And but I it would have like been better if more. they didn't blow up the bridge. Like, make it look like everything was fine. Don't draw any attention <laughs> to any of us. No. If no, the machine gonna... tells you to do something, you do it. So they, wow. so they managed to unhook the front car that's the mechanics of it have been broken, so it's no which, stopping it. Which was thrilling. This whole sequence which, was freaking thrilling. Which was great. And then, oh yeah, there's the whole fight scene with the cops on the top of the bridge, uh, top him, of the train. Him saving their life as right, because he does. <laughs> and him and him and Gabriel's fight on the train car wasn't as thrilling because, no, because I just remember again, knives. What's up with these knives? Not, not just that, but. We saw a one-on-one fight on a train in part one, and that fight still holds up on that train. Right, in part and they one, had when a like a bullet train. In the tunnel. Yeah, a helicopter was in the tunnel in part one. Yeah, it's like right. come on. Yeah, like how many times are you gonna fight on the train? Now the difference was they many were actually times Tom Cruise wants time. to fight on a train. They'll fight on a train. Okay, you're right. Yeah. There was something very Matrix on top of the moving uh, car. Still, to me. It still needs to like. It can't be. It can't be real though. So there's always going to be. A, uh, uh, there's no gravity. There's something about the gravity. But what well, I, I love about the freaking wind, right? Because if you, yeah, there's something. You wouldn't be it. standing up. You can't stand up straight on a moving train like that. With you don't have any grips in your feet. You don't have a special shoe well, that's like. Well, I mean, Indiana Jones did it pretty good. Don't. Oh, okay. 
Don't bring up. Right. All right. Okay. So moving along, they detach the front car, but then dun dun dun, the bridge blows up. And but the front okay. Can I say one thing real quick? I love that Ethan is so seasoned that this is not his first fight on a train. I love that it's not his first one. I, I love that this character has been in so much stuff. <laughs> He's like, I, I'm on the train again. Fighting on, <laughs> on the, the train again. I love that for him. I love that. But this is definitely the first time he's then. You know what else this kind of reminded me of? The train sequence reminded me of uh, the comic book movie. Comic book movie. Uh, Spider Man 2? No. No, with the same actor, though. Not I mean, this, Tom Holland's in it. Just came out. Huh? What Drake Nathan? Oh, Uncharted. Uncharted, right? Oh. So there's that scene where they where they're in the plane and they're jumping on the cargo bay, mm-hmm. and the next thing's coming out. That's pretty much what the sequence kind of looked like. So the train's going over the bridge, and then that falls, and they're on the next one, but then that one's going over, and then they're on the next one, and then that one's over. It's very. I loved it though. Yeah, I love. Because they gave it moments to breathe. It felt like it wasn't just one after another. They were like, one, pause. When Grace, each of them were okay? different. That was what was yeah. interesting. They yeah. actually, each of the cars had something. And the fry, fried chicken grease spilling over while you try. Man, I was like, <laughs> they're going to get some type of burn on this one. Like, they oh, got yeah. to. She caught, she caught on fire. Yeah. <laughs> um, And I love, I, what made this sequence not so cartoony is just Ethan's check-ins. Are you okay? It's going to be right. okay. You definitely you kiss. That I mean, without emotion, this would just felt like a cartoon, and right. I, I I love that. And he and I I thought they were gonna kiss. I thought I, I wanted it. <laughs> I wanted it. I wouldn't want it now. Why? She's Why beautiful, and he's a handsome man. Like that. First of all, that's a married man. Okay, I don't care if they forgot it. Hey, Rich, where you <laughs> been, man? man. <laughs> Second of all, Jesus. hey, hey, you Why? right. Right, I, I love right. when when they're in the car with the with the grand piano. I love when everything just went no, verbal. yeah, and, and that like, piano's hanging off of a hook. Yeah, and I, I like just like how like gravity kind of really changes or like the dynamics of the, just the 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 car changes everything. Like you because you think about it, like you're in, you're you're in a room and you're like standing straight up and everything just kind of shifts. And I was, was like very Inception. Yeah, it was very Inception. Yeah. All of a sudden, your point of view is like. Inception, Titanic, you know, like you're hanging from something that you're supposed to be sitting on. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, really the, and the, he grabs the bar, and I was like, that's really convenient that that bar is there. And then it broke. And I'm like, right, because it's not supposed to be made, it's not supposed to be used like that. Yeah. Which is why this movie, when it comes to action, he could hinge on trope, but then, like, yes, Indiana Jones, this is Indiana Jones stuff. The bar breaks. Die hard. It does, like, nothing actually works well. It's not a Schwarzenegger right. film where, like, you can climb this plastic scaffolding like it's made of steel because right. reasons. Here, it's like, yeah, it's all falling apart. The baby grand piano is on a hook. It's about to crash. Grace is like, do you trust me? I love that she says no first. <laughs> and then she, he, well, that was hysterical. She refused to let go of him also. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. Really interesting. He's like, Grace. And I felt like that was actors on set just finding stuff. That felt so just, that wasn't written. Y'all found, y'all found that. Yeah. It felt so real and uh, wonderful and unique, you know. Put Ethan in the place of like. Well, that's why a kiss didn't wouldn't work, man. It was almost like a father figure 
No, she was too beautiful to be her. No, that's not his. Like he her older daddy. brother? No, 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 no. Yeah, or older, older, he, much older brother. He gonna kiss her in part two. So a kiss okay. Hey man. Anyway, get in where you fit in. Then what happens is uh, so, they're still not able to make it out without the help of Harley Quinn. Harley what is Quinn her actual Tom. name? What's the character's name? Uh, I don't even. Hold on, where is she at? Her name is well. Her name is Palm. She's from um. That's the real. That's her. That's the actress's Paris. Paris. So Paris helps them, and yeah, it was because. He spared her life. Or did the algorithm do that matrix thing? Like, if he didn't, if Gabriel didn't stab you in that moment, would you have helped Ethan? Like, which happened first? Remember in the matrix where she's like, watch the cookie jar and he smashes mm-hmm. it? She's like, you're going to be, you're going to wonder, like, would you have knocked it down if I didn't say anything? <laughs> Chicken or egg thing. So basically, she has the longest death and she doesn't die. There's still a pulse. She, yeah, oh, she's still alive. She's she definitely coming back. Oh yeah, yeah, Bruh. yeah. She's this is like that new member of the team. Because you, well, that's Fast and the Furious, right? Whenever you, if, if you're a villain in one movie and you survive, you come back to be part of the family in the next one. Right. That's how it works in the Fast and the Furious. Jason Statham, John Cena. But if you get stabbed right around the heart or under the heart or around the heart and it's some sort of artery, don't you need like recovery time? Ethan Hunt blasted through a runaway train with his body. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and so then what happens is the, uh, the freaking agents show up. Well, so this kid, wait, but he has the Ethan manages shoot. Yes, go ahead. He manages to actually get both parts of the key. Yeah, and mm. that's where the that's where the the big thing is is the entity and his zealot. Do not actually have oh, the key. Which is the big reveal. Because right. we last time we see the key, it's in Gabriel's pocket. Right. But, this but movie, everybody's doing magic tricks in this film. Everyone. They're, we're pickpocketing every other scene. Everybody, they should have slowed down on it. You know, like everyone's <laughs> getting their pockets picked. And everyone's very know? good at it. Hey, what and time that, is it? Oh, you're trying to find a time on also, this watch? Which yeah. also, why did Tom Cruise need her to put the key back in the other guy's pocket if he was so good at doing it in the first place he could have just done it. he was being hunted though yeah. he had in people on him he had people on him they were face manipulation swapping things but it was but i think it, it, caught it ran its course they caught yeah. on and and she and, and she by by doing what she did she added more time to what would have been a quick plan right um that yeah, yeah come on reasons check you know, right? uh so by this point, there's a speed shoot that's only one. Grace is like, go. You have to go. He doesn't want to, but he goes. And she beats Kittredge in the agency. She says, Kittredge, uh, Ethan told me to tell you that I, I hear yes. you have an offer and I choose yes. And at yeah. this point, I thought, isn't he bad? Right. right. I'm like, why are we trusting this guy? <laughs> like, he, like, what? I don't know. I don't but know. I guess him, him getting the key wasn't going to be bad. Right. Was he bad or was Carrie Ewell's character the bad well, guy? Well, Carrie was bad because he said he wants it for ultimate power. Maybe Kitcher just wanted it because he believes the USA should have it. Should have it, right. So he's just doing he's doing the job that he sent Ethan to do. Right. Which is exactly. getting the key. Mm. So I guess and he's then not he bad. Has a, and then he has another monologue. So this guy opens Kittredge opens the movie with a monologue and then he closes the movie with a Jack, monologue. I forgot that I forgot there's a monologue. I tuned all that out. 
because <laughs> it was because the with the mall was weird because he was basically giving him his uh his mission objectives again right and Which, then there was the post credit scene no there was no sense oh yeah you're, you're a right. liar because like, i checked i checked i said i'm not staying to find out i'm like yeah. I, I just left. I didn't even stay. Um, I didn't even check this. Well, the movie that I was in, I couldn't check because it, it kind of puts you in a dark zone. It's a weird movie. That's dope. I liked it. Don't can't Thank use goodness, your phone. Right? Yeah. Um, nice. But what's crazy is Gabriel checks his pockets to find out there's no key. And I feel like, dude, things fall out of my pocket all the time. And I'm not fighting on a train. Like, that's not the craziest thing that happened to you that your key fell out of your pocket. Like, I felt like this should have been. He was on top of a speeding train, like, <laughs> like he he might not have pickpocketed you. It might have just fell out your pocket. I felt like, yeah, I felt like what, what, that's what, funny. It's supposed to be a twist. Was also, he like, didn't jump off of the train. Right? Yeah, <laughs> so, and he jumped over. But the how did the timing of that even make sense, though? How did he know he was going to be on top of that car at that point? The entity. That, that told entity. Him. Man, you need to okay, get with right, the program. Sure. The entity, you all know, right. just like he was in the box because the entity allowed him to be in the box. Did you guys think about on the train how, like, when they were dodging all those freaking pipes about Indiana Jones when the bad guy just took one to the face and came back like nothing? <laughs> I'm like, so the like memory, yeah, he did. That bad guy took With one no, of the things to the face on top of that train, came no back type years of later, like just he just came back just a little bit older, you know. The things that kill people the Mission Impossible, they walk <laughs> off in Indiana Jones. Anyone get oh, hit man. in the face by any stationary object while you're on a moving train? You're done. Yeah. You're done. So Ethan has the key, and now it's all about finding what it unlocks. End of part one. Now, I'll say this. I'll rate this movie, because I, I do see it as one movie, even though it's in two parts. I want to see part two to justify why this needed to be two parts. There's a lot of filler here. We could have got on with it. Spider-Man uh, Across the Spider-Verse, that could not be resolved <laughs> in that movie. No. Or it needed to be a very long movie. This, I'm like, we were chasing this key for two and a half hours. It was too much damn running, too much damn sleight of hand. Like, what are we, we doing right now? We could have got to what is well, this key also, There also might have been too many plot points. Like, did we need all the elements that are in the film? Do we need the rogue element? Do we need the the good guys being bad guys element? Could this have just been, you know, the sentient thing that we're trying to shut down and there's the conflict to do that? Like, they, wait, potentially wait. this thing could have been a lot more streamlined. You didn't necessarily need the flashbacks. No. Did they even yeah. go rogue? Because I feel like they were still doing the they, same thing of getting the key. They did go rogue because they're not trying to give the key to Kittredge. They're trying to not... Kittredge wants to control the entity. Tom mm-hmm. Cruise wants to destroy the entity. That's why they've gone rogue. So I got but they were still trying to get up. the key, though. Like They're so trying what? to get the key, but their, uh, their end game is different. Tom Cruise wants to kill the entity. Kittredge wants to control and weaponize the entity. I Tom Cruise like does they, not want him to have they, it. They added the rogue part part too soon, and that, like they they, they just they could have just kept this as them just trying to get the key at this point, and then right. maybe film two they go rogue or film well because three. his he it's not like he uses at least after part three, four and on he doesn't use all the resources of the United States government or the he uses his team. 
Right. So it's not right. like making him go rogue. Well, now he's isolated. He always works isolated. He doesn't right. make a phone he's call. He's always off the grid. Right. He's that's always off the grid. Nah, we don't know these three guys. Right. <laughs> no, but that's his whole thing. If you or your team get killed, will erase your records? Like you're not allowed to even be on the grid. So him right. going rogue was just adding more stakes in for the agents to catch him. But they were so like Dudley do right. Like I never feared that these guys were gonna catch him. And I'll say this, I'll say one last thing. It's not gonna be the last thing I say. I was waiting for a clever moment in this movie with a character that wasn't Tom Cruise. Because when Henry Cavill did them shotgun arms in the last one, like it broke the internet. I was waiting for like, what's that moment here where like there's a formidable force? You know the story of that though, right? Yeah, his tendons were sore, but he was tired. They had been shooting that fight scene over and over again. And so he was just loosening up his arms before the next go, and they ended up keeping it. It was still, right. it was still good. Like, oh, it was so good. That's why they kept it. And he was like, it, you're not actually using that, are you? But his character was also like on par with Ethan, fighting side by side and against him. Whereas Isai, Isai felt like, Gabriel felt like, your mustache, you're really just a mustache twirling the entire time. Making well, he me think no, you're dangerous. He has no character. Right. He has no character. But the script doesn't allot it. He's not... Well, like, yeah, it's weird. Like, what's what's driving him other than, oh, man, there's this really smart computer and it wants to be my friend. I guess I'll do what it tells me to. And, and, and it's going to let me hurt people along the way. Because I love hurting people. And even, like, if his bridge fight would have been dope. Because nothing beats that freaking bathroom fight with Cavill and Cruz in this movie. That bathroom fight was so yeah. sick and yeah. painful looking. But that's But that's what's hard about this film. It's like, is it a good film? Yeah, it's fun. Is it a yeah. good Mission Impossible movie? Absolutely. Is it the best? No. Well, it doesn't have the best fight scenes, and it doesn't have the best stunt. You know, I mean, nothing's going to beat Halo dropping from the atmosphere. <laughs> like that's the craziest thing. He Tom right. Cruise skydived from the atmosphere. <laughs> right. Like that's so weird. like. Right. Yeah, and and we've seen it. You know, I mean, he's. I mean, the stunts he's... I mean, when he was on the side of the airplane, dude, that was insane. Yeah. When he held his breath for six minutes in the underwater... Insane. He's like, you have to train for this. We were doing six and a half minute intervals. I'm like, Tom Cruise, the shot's not even six minutes. Right. (laughs) This isn't even six minutes of screen time, Tom Cruise. Oh, no. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But it was still a good... Like, it's still a good mission possible. So what what are we rating this thing? Mm. It's a tough one. Yeah, is it? Uh, you know, it's easily I I'd give it a 7.5. It's it's 7.5. it's good. It's like it is exactly the kind of movie I want to go see on a big screen. You know? Yes. Um right. and I'm not remiss for spending my money. I'm not remiss for spending my time. Uh it's exactly what I expected. I knew it was a two-part movie, so I walked in no false expectation of a story being concluded. Um, and the only thing I would really compare it to is just its predecessor films, which kind of do a better job here and there along the way. But this movie is fun. Okay. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a 7.5 too. I felt I like know. this movie, 
the Mission Impossible series to me is a lot like the Fast and the Furious series. There's a certain movie where it changes the scope. Fast Five changed the rest of the franchise. I think Part Four kind of makes it this small team going on missions. Before that, yeah. it was this well, when guy's was after Simon, my... Pegg, Simon Pegg came in in Part Three or Four. He was introduced in Part Three, but I think that kind of team working together off the grid. That's where yeah. it started to happen in part four and on. Because part yeah. one, his whole team was taken down. Part two was like, was that John Woo? Was John Woo directed? So no, John Woo was part two. Yeah, part two. So that that whole film had a whole different feel yes, to it, I mean, which was dope. But it was, it feel like it didn't feel like a foreign film, Mission Impossible, a foreign film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So where this one sits, it's, it's the like, Tokyo Drift of the franchise. It is, but he's hanging off that mountain, though. <laughs> he's Yo, hanging off that the, mountain. It's got the dopest opening. Dude. And they shoot the thing into this. I mean, the, the opening of that thing. And you know, he's actually rock climbing, too. Yeah, I'm sure that's yeah. the reason why they even shot. The well, this is the beginning. With the, Mission Impossible 2 is the beginning of Tom Cruise doing all this crazy stuff in these films. There was one scene in Mission Impossible 2 where he's running in the sewer. And a guy's in front of him. He just runs and backflip kicks him. <laughs> and keeps running. Yeah, he does the guile. Yeah. He does the Street Fighter move. This movie was heavy. I, I don't know if... What's that? Um, I mean, it's very John Woo. You even have the white doves blowing out of the, it the was, shot. It, it was very gung-fu, too. A lot of more martial arts. A little bit. Yeah, it, was, it, it felt different. It was very good. I enjoyed it, though. So this, yes. I would put... Yeah, it's not better than After 4. For sure. Right. But still has great moments. Rich, so what are you going to say? Was part four the one where, correct me if I'm wrong, it was four, I think it was four. He's in the building trying to get the vial of whatever the uh, the toxic in thing Dubai? is. In Dubai? No, it's uh-huh. not Dubai. It's in another place. But they're, they're in the car scene with the characters just having a conversation. And they skip all the action, which is happening in the building. Is that Jeremy and, Renner? He came no, in the park. It's not Jeremy Renner. It's uh, it's the uh, it's the guy from uh, that HBO show. Anyways, whatever he. But then they cut to Tom Cruise going, "I didn't make it to the, I didn't make it to the floor. Look yes. up, look up, look up." He's just jumping out the window. I was like, that moment Great was moments. so good because they they skipped all of the extra action scene and they had this real pedestrian conversation, and then they. They just cut to the aftermath of everything you'd missed in the building, and it was so effective. I love it. Well, you see that look up, on Benji. Look up, look up. <laughs> at the end of this movie, when Ethan's walking and he walks to Benji and he gives him the key, and the look on Benji's face was the feeling of that scene of like, "What did you just go through? <laughs> like, right. how did you do? How did you accomplish this?" Right. Oh man. So, Rich, hmm? what are you going to say to bring this score down? <laughs> you up? already know. No, Rich is not going. He ain't going up. Listen, listen, listen. This movie was good. It was. A, it was an all right time. It was. It was. It was a Mission Impossible. It didn't move any needles. You know. Right. Uh, sometimes it, they do. Some don't. Sometimes, sometimes but this impossible. one did not. Okay. Yo, this guy okay. drove a bike off a mountain at least nine to 13 times. That got to like, count for something. I haven't seen, like, I haven't seen people drive bikes off mountains before. Okay, listen. Listen. I have it. What you been watching? Listen. I mean, Evil Knievel might have been the last guy. To- <laughs> this, for me, top six. 
Did you say six? It's slightly above average for me. This movie, wait. What? What's the problem? You can't give it a six, right? I, I just gave it you a six. You said Mission Impossible yeah? is slightly above average. It's slightly above average right now, yeah. As opposed to other, the other Mission Impossibles, yes. Tom Cruise has some big shoes to fill and he made them. You can't be mad at me. That's the quote. That that's the quote of the whole podcast. <laughs> Talking about. Wow. That's great, Rich. Tom Cruise has some big shoes to fill and he made them. Not my fault. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess, and here's the thing. He says he wants to go like as long as Harrison Ford because he's inspired, but the older you get, the slower you get. So like you're not gonna be able to do what you're doing. No, Tom, in Mission Impossible Twelve, that. Tom Cruise is doing. I don't know. He might be. He might be injecting some stem cells or something. Mm. He's he's out there. That he is looking, true. He's he's so not looking crazy. like a Harrison Ford right now. Let's be hundred percent. Right? I don't want some of them stem cells because yeah. he makes sixty one look like thirty five. Yeah. Harrison Ford <laughs> legit looks like nah. I just need to be sitting down watching TV right now. Like why am I on adventures? I think he said that. In the movie. <laughs> he did say that in the movie, yeah. So seven five, seven five, six, we gave the thing collectively a seven. Okay. Well, there it is. I think that's 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 a little it's a little low. It's a little but low. Is it though? Dude. Look at because I guess also Rich is but right. I'll but, say this, an eight might be a little high. What Rich is right. Rich is way more of the casual audience score than us. For us, we know and have an understanding of what it took to pull off some of the stuff they did, especially since they went as little CGI as possible. Listen, I know because they told me before I watched this, okay? No, but but he's right about that. And and it's what I was saying at the top of the conversation. We, that's one of those moments where you don't want to be ahead of it. But you almost have to be. Because good good CGI is so good that if I don't tell you it's CGI, you're just gonna assume it's Tom Cruise in a green screen. Like if I don't tell you it, that's true. And listen, the Mission Impossible movies always start their advertising campaign with showing us, or at least hinting at what his real stunt was. Yeah, Whether he broke his leg in this stunt. You have to see it. <laughs> like he, you know, right? But it's like. It's like him doing that off the cliff. If you didn't tell me that was CGI, I would just naturally assume it was CGI because everything's CGI. You'd have to tell me that was practical. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I was just so ahead of the moment. It it this is the but it's the first time when I was so ahead of the moment that the actual I wish they didn't have know. another stunt that was just as crazy. <laughs> So right, even, I know, but I, but I almost wish we didn't see the footage from the shot so much. Like the right. thing that was exciting was when they cut to the close up and he was doing the dialogue because I'm seeing the wind interact with his face, and I had already seen all the other shots. Right, you, you know what I mean? I'd seen the shot, so it, w- it wasn't on the big screen, but it was on the screen we most consume content with. So I was ahead of the one of the coolest moments until they showed me something different. So I almost wish they had just teased the moment. Not don't show him going off. Show yeah, him don't revving show, up. Don't show him in free fall, right? Like right. don't show like tease up to the thing, and then I'm still like the anticipation of man, I gotta see how this plays out. And they then the should have done thing. that. Why'd they throw that away? 
Deshaun go up the ramp and like and what? let you know that it's real, right? And right. like show 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 the drop, but not him in the drop. Yeah. Like let the thing go over the edge and show the gorge and like wait, he's gonna do what in this film? And they should have faked time. They should fake his death, like have him go ghost, so we don't even know if he made it until we watch. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Terrible. All right. <laughs> this is going too far. No. Yeah. They should have hid that more. But I will say. They're desperate to get people to go back to the theaters. Yeah. They're doing everything in their power. And Tom Cruise is like, after Top Gun, it's almost like he made it his mission to like bring people back. We're going to go see Oppenheimer. We're going to see Barbie. Let's get people back to the theater. So this well, was also their way of getting I people back. I feel like back. they kind of succeed. Well, at least on my end, when I was looking for uh, theaters and, time, and showtimes, like most of the theaters were, were packed. For the most part, it Tom made, Cruise sells tickets, man. He's the yeah. last of Hollywood stars. It made fifty-six million this weekend, which they're saying is a little low, but low. internationally it did like two hundred and sixty million, which is very big altogether worldwide. So, okay. I don't think it was low. I think this is what movie going looks like post COVID. Right. Right. I, I don't. I, I think Top Gun Maverick was almost. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A it's fluke? almost. A unicorn mm. to make a billion in the seen the movie and i never no i might but <laughs> but it was like to make a billion dollars post pandemic is like crazy and it's only because he held out we're not going to streamers we're not going to do this we're not going to do this what's the first big movie back too first big Wanted. movie back we just had a lot of big movies now and he was doing what tom cruise do man he was in these planes yeah. top gun maverick is a good watch lawrence you crazy <laughs> all right let's uh, wrap this thing up all right so basically we're at a seven, seven a solid seven um <laughs> that's solid, seven. <laughs> solid seven hey i got some recommendations recommendations yes jack is back baby okay so i was thinking about tom cruise films that are dope that like gen z people may not be aware of Right. Mm -hmm. So like Top Gun, they're probably aware of it because Maverick just came out. They're aware of it. But there's some Tom Cruise gems that if you're not our age or older, you may not even know about. So I want to give you some recommendations. First up, you want to see this dude in like, what is it? Like Japan back in the day. Go see The Last Samurai. Last Samurai. Last Samurai. It's great. Tom Cruise is doing amazing work. And, and, the, like, and the other thing that's great about that is you really get a, a sense of the culture in a cool way, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, really good. And, like, I feel like if you're not our age, like, if you're 16, you're probably it's not, it's not going to be on your radar. You probably won't even be aware of it too much. Right. But the acting values and the storytelling of this film hold up. Oh, absolutely. So good. Collateral. Collateral. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's With not bad. Fox? It's the yeah. first time Tom Cruise went white with his hair. He dyed his hair gray. I thought you, uh, he went, I thought you were about to say he went bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. He dyed he played, his hair gray. He was, he was doing an older look. He, he's a sure. silver fox intense killer with a deep understanding of humanity and how the world works. Yeah. <laughs> right. and this, this movie is pre-John Wick. And so what oh, Tom yeah. Cruise... What Tom Cruise was doing in this movie was 
like he had extensive gun training for it, which yeah. kind of set the platform for John Wick following and up. And they would leave the shot on him, and he would quickly just load, clack, 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 on the ground, clack, 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 all in yeah. one shot. That's when you start, between this and Last Samurai, is when you start going, like, so Tom Cruise is just learning all these skills for himself. Like, right. he wants to learn archery, so he's just going to do a movie where he has to right. archery. Yeah. Um, and of course, man, like you gotta throw some old school ones in there. You got like Days of Thunder. Days firm. of Thunder is classic. Also, he's running in that movie. I mean, he's <laughs> running that movie. And you know who else runs in that movie? Mm. I had never seen it. I'm, I just know it's I've popular. Never seen it you haven't seen Days of Thunder, and this is your list. <laughs> it's a list for the people. Wow. You agreed. You agreed. Yeah, Days of Thunder is a good watch. Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall is another actor who runs a lot in his films, but he's so charming watching this older guy run because he's got a funny run. It's not like Tom Cruise looked like he's winning don't, the race. Don't discriminate against. Um, I'm not. I'm saying runs. Robert Duvall is charming as hell when he's running. <laughs> and he does it. Him and Tom Cruise actually race on foot in Days of Thunder. Wow. And Nicole Kidman, man, this is where they met. This is where Tom wow. Cruise met. Wow. Now I have to watch this. Have you not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you? I was going to say The Firm, but actually, that's not on my list. The Firm's a great movie, but I won't say it's a Tom Cruise vehicle, although he's great in it. Like, everybody's in it. You got Kevin Bacon, Jack Nichols, like, yeah. everybody's in it. But I will say, no, no, Jerry. That's, that, that's, that's, uh, that's a few good men. That's uh, Wait, a. Wait, what's The Firm? Men. What's The Firm? firm is, the Firm is Tom Cruise gets inducted into a law firm. Right. Oh, yeah. No, we don't have to do that. A few good men. You should watch. Not for Tom Cruise, but you can't for Tom Cruise, but for everybody else. Jerry Maguire. I don't think Tom Cruise is more charming. He's not. And I actually went back, and don't ask me why, I went back and I've seen Jerry Maguire in the last year, and it is He's so a very good movie, man. And Cuba Gooding Jr. is phenomenal in it. It's so great. I'm and like, the kid. Tom, that kid is hysterical. Adorable. adorable. Oh, yeah. And like, I'm like, Tom, why don't you make more like these Tom Hanks romantic Comedy type movie. Because, this is sweet. because it probably takes over a year of your life to get ready to jump off a cliff with a bike. <laughs> right. He's like, I don't got time. <laughs> and last but not least, it's not necessarily a Tom Cruise vehicle, but he's really good in it, man. That's interview with the vampire. Oh. People will say that's yeah. a Brad Pitt vehicle, but Tom Cruise yeah. is great in it. They're and both like really good in it. They're both good. Rich, you didn't see Interview with a Vampire? I saw Interview with a Vampire. Antonio Banderas. Like, they were all in it. Yeah. Christian was Slater. It, they were Tom all in Cruise it. Tom Cruise was the main vampire, right? Lestat. That's yeah. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was for all the reasons you like him being a hero, is what he uses in that movie to manipulate and control people. Yeah. It's a good one. And that's Kirsten Dunst's breakout role. Kirsten Dunst's yeah. breakout role. Man, she kills it. Everybody kills it. That movie hits. Yeah. That movie hits hard. But uh, that's my list. Um, that's the show as well. Uh, let us leave a review. Uh, it helps with the algorithm, man. We, we love doing this podcast. Check out our YouTube channel. We got stuff over there. Hit us up on social media, Three Brothers and a Shot of Milk. We're all about this geek stuff all day, every day. And Rich, if you choose to accept this mission... I don't know what I was going to say. Okay. I, I lined it up. I was hoping somebody was going to bring it home. Wow. 
Do you choose to accept this mission? I don't, because I want to go home. I don't. I don't feel like getting shot at today. No, right? that, that that that's why Larry Jenkins ain't part of the team. <laughs> that's why Larry. Like, nah. Hey, Larry, you want to go to jail? Or you want to be part of this team? <laughs> man, I'll I do got, my time. I got a barbecue on Saturday. I ain't trying to be out in no jail, man. What you talking about? Like, so you telling me I'm gonna do ten years in prison or spend the rest of my life following <laughs> orders off the grid? <laughs> I'm gonna do these ten years, Jack. <laughs> This doesn't seem like, yeah. Anyways, we'll be back. Same bat time. Same bat channel. Peace!